and 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 Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, March 14th, 2019. This is your award-winning Get Nation Media Assassination Episode 1120. This is No Agenda. Suffering from hipster overload and broadcasting live from the capital of the drone star state here in downtown Austin, Tejas, in the Cludio in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, I'm hoping to get into Yale or USC on the cricket team. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> yes, that does seem to... It. Uh, I think you're having a good time with this new story. It's something special about this one that really is tickling your fancy. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Why? Because it involves Stanford and yeah. USC and UCLA. <laughs> That's what I thought. The most elitist douchebag uh, universities in the in the country, for well, sure. Three, three of the many. I mean, Yale's on there, too, which is really pathetic. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, I, I don't know if everyone has heard about this around Gitmo Nation. Certainly in the U.S. we probably have. Um. But, I know, wonder about that. It's too bad you're not still in Europe to see if it was like going over there because it's, well, it's, it's really a, a the the a concept of story. well the concept of the admissions process and the history behind it I don't think is is well known. You know because yeah you know, you're in Europe one of these countries it's like oh you apply and uh, you get it and you know and it's a lot of it's free or uh, of course it's not free because now it costs more the books are crazy there is some tuition you have to pay and kids are complaining around the world about it think of the UK also the Netherlands yeah the UK they they protested in street yeah. rallies yeah but it's it's kind of special here in America and i would say that now i i uh went to west virginia to for 3 months of college so i don't have a lot of standing in this area but i've always grown up Thinking that, you know, it's like if your dad went to some hoity-toity or your mom, your parents went to some hoity-toity school and they'd have connections. And, you know, depending on where you are in society, you know, you can probably, you know, weasel around and get your kid into some school that, you know, I've heard about this for years in New York. Uh, certainly, you know, amongst the, the financial crowd, always uh, you know, donating money to certain schools to ensure their kid gets in. But this was a whole new level. Well, and even that is not necessarily the way it's done everywhere. Okay. Um, okay. 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 <laughs> said K. I said, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but this is this is this is so dumb because, and I and I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, the education of the people who are doing it. At least, at least with the actor, actresses and actors uh, from Hollywood, the Hollywood elites mm-hmm. who. Uh, well, who it's, well it's, it. that's only really two that they nailed. Yeah, I mean, it's only two, but they're the most fun. It, no, I don't know. I like the, I like the publicly traded company CEOs. I like that. There's also. <laughs> ma- oh, that hasn't happened in a long time. Who own uh, the, the CBS affiliate Channel 8 down in San Diego. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and they of course they're highlighted because they're Republican. Well, what I, I what I noticed right off the bat is that only these two actresses were named, um, and of course there's there's show business uh, value to that, but you probably wouldn't want to be exposing big donors to campaigns at this moment because regardless of who they donate to, 
they're going to be shunned and shamed and, you know, then people have to give money back and PACs will have to be investigated. So I saw the news media being very careful about, you know, even the, every article I found, you know, doesn't mention the companies that these, these people run. Just, oh, CEO of this kind of company, of a, you know, a shoe company and this stuff. And I felt that to be disingenuous. That's a good point. You know, I ha- I've seen a couple of lists of the people, but they never yeah, mentioned the never companies. mentioned the companies. No. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also not mentioned, how about the admissions boards? Well, uh, they that that is discussed because it seems as though there's some some issues with the way it's structured. Yeah. But they also don't mention the kids. Well, not yet. About it, <laughs> not yet. Thing, this is the thing, except there's a couple of kids we do know for sure. The, the Huff, uh, not Huffman's, but Laughlin's uh, daughters, mm-hmm. who are both YouTube celebrities, and I have some clips from them, which are very ironic. So I thought that I'd, I'd hate to do it. But okay. No, you don't hate it. This is it's great fun. I don't hate it. You're right. But let's let's back off and and these kids because they just say, well, the kids. What are we gonna do with the kids? The kids, uh, you know, they were unwitting. They didn't know. And now they're going to be kicked out of, probably they should be kicked out of school, uh, embarrassed, kicked out of school. And um, you end up with, uh, well, the poor kids. The kids had to know what was going on. When you get it, sure. you don't become a member of the women's crew team. And a lot of this is Title IX stuff, by the way, for people out there who follow sports, uh, athletics in, uh, in college uh, Title IX is the law that came down that says you have to give as much money to women's sports as you do to men's. There's a lot of women that aren't even remotely interested, but they still have all this money. And so they, you know, they have a lot of this. It's not necessarily scholarships, but there's room for more women in sports. And so they, a lot of these are women that got in. So, but, so, so just, just briefly, just to recap the way I understood the way the scam works, this one guy, apparently, I have a feeling there may be more would uh, connect with the parents and say, okay, you've got to give me some bribe money, and that could be in a combination of a donation somewhere, but it seemed to be a lot of cash going to coaches, uh, special programs, you know, um, nonprofits that were run by uh, people in the athletic department that had, (laughs) like, official-sounding names. Uh, And then what the coach would do is, okay, well, this person clearly belongs on the rowing team, or crew, as we call it, yeah, uh, or you know, golf, or here in UT, te- UT of Austin, uh, the tennis team, <laughs> and then they would say, "Oh, this clearly we need to bring this uh, this person in because you know, just look at the promise." And they went so far as, to, in some cases, even Photoshop their kids' heads <laughs> to different athletic bodies, which is the best. That shows some real initiative and creativity, right there. I love that. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. So now uh, is this the reason why this is a big deal is a because it's a lot of elites and, and in this case we have two Hollywood elites kind of interesting um but there's some actual legality around this especially institutions that receive federal funds this is an all this is a violation of actual laws right yeah no there's a lot of it's a it's a basically a giant fraud case yeah uh, my Mimi says that she may have heard from this guy back years ago when oh, really? he was running his operation out of Sacramento. Oh. Huh. And it, I suspect, and I don't know if this is going to get looked into, that the only reason that I think JC was having trouble in some 
horrible private school. Ah, and a, a little a little call came in. I think that there was some collusion <laughs> between the high schools and the uh, and this operation huh. uh, for probably some funds. I would assume. I and think we should the, we should investigate kindergartens. I'm sure this goes all the way down to K one. Well, I don't think it goes down to kindergarten. Mm, okay. It, Using that sarcastic approach. Not really. No, that's not sarcastic. I think that that may be. Well, the there employee. are kindergartens that people I know struggle in New York City and some of these places. Yes. Where, oh my God, we've got to get my baby can't get into the right kindergarten. That's right. I, yeah. Yeah, there is an element to that. That's the whole I path. Get you in, baby. Yeah. I get you in. Yeah. I get you in. <laughs> and anyway, the so there's and she says it's just some guy was a hard sell. You know what? You know I'm gonna do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do that. And Mimi's response to the whole thing was, "Everything you've described to me, I can do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can bribe people. I don't need you for that." I asked her why she never told me about this, and she said, "Because you'd say the same thing I did." Uh huh. What are you gonna do with this guy? They want to win too much money. Meanwhile, your son graduated. Come uh, uh, some louder. It's crazy school anyway. <laughs> he went to Evergreen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! All right, nice. So did his wife. So this, you know, worked out for them. Yeah. Uh, so one of the people that's get, anyway, the they talk about the kids and the, they say, well, the kids probably. I don't believe that because the kids had to. Some of them had to take the special exams and it's in a private setting. They yeah, had to, with with people sitting right next to them. There's giving there's them a answers. whole slew of problems yeah. with the kids, but let's play. Uh, the, the, my favorite one is this woman who's a YouTube celebrity called Olivia Jade. Mm -hmm. And um, now she one of the daughters of Laughlin. Is that uh, who yeah, she is? Yeah, she's one yeah. of the daughters of Laughlin. She's a very famous YouTuber. She's like 2 million followers on YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> and uh, she's, she, here, I, th I have one wrap up of her, which is the Olivia Jade original does not care for school 34 second clip. Um, and then the whole college thing. Yep, I'm going. I'm living in a dorm with a roommate who's so sweet. Uh, with work, it's going to be hard. Like my first week of school, I'm leaving to go to Fiji for work. And then I'll be in New York a bunch this year for work and traveling to a different country because I'm creating something with this country and that's for work. So I'm, I don't know how much of school I'm going to attend, but I'm going to go in and talk to my deans and everyone and hope that I can try and balance it all. Um, but I do want the experience of like game days, partying. I don't really care about school. Woo! Fuck school. Woo! <laughs> She's the one who went to USC with her sister, who I think will both get drummed out. Now, is this so competitive, USC? Is this a competitive school? Well, this is the joke of it. I went to the University of California, Berkeley, and our thoughts are always the same about USC. How hard <laughs> is it to get into USC? Or how dumb must you be to, to be rejected? It's, it's called the University of Spoiled Children. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, it's the, she's like a classic person that would have gone to USC just normally, but they had this, you know, they got, I think the fan, they just Laughlin woman got ripped off because she's too dumb yeah. to realize it, that, you know, she didn't, her kid could have gotten into USC, no problem. But now she's going to get booted out. And that's going to be very, it's going to be tough on her, on her, her uh, YouTuber career because well, well, wait until her and her sister are inundated with the internet hate. Yeah, wait, wait until they get deplatformed. YouTube should take them off. They're horrible examples. They should be deplatformed, de demonetized, deplatformed, and deboned. 
<laughs> they should be deboned. <laughs> so there's another clip from her. She just got she for one thing, she goes to USC. Her whole first week is class. She misses completely because she goes to Fiji. This so is how entitled this woman is. So we so made let's play it. Olivia Jade back from Fiji. So we made it in the dorm. I'm going to turn some lights on. This is so weird for me. This is my new ring light. This is so crazy. I'm like sweating. It's a million degrees out. Hi, everybody. Welcome back <laughs> to my channel. I'm in my dorm right now. This is so crazy. And I'm still trying to keep up with twice a week posting while also being in college but we're gonna make it work. So today I'm getting ready for my first college party. It's an all black party and I'm gonna do my makeup, my hair, my outfit, show you guys. And I just think it's fun because I'm an adult. Are you proud of me? Are you guys proud of me here? One thing not well widely known is that John C. Dvorak, my colleague, really enjoys watching the YouTubes. You watch these kind of YouTubers a lot. Admit, you love this stuff. I <laughs> come on. It's a sick habit. Yes. Okay. Roll, it's, I, I'm telling you, what, it's, it's giving me a lot better vision. Uh huh. Oh, because I roll my eyes and roll <laughs> them and roll. Lots and roll of them. exercise. Yes. Yeah. That's great exercise. And uh, I don't know a lot of these personalities, but I when I mentioned this at the dinner table, uh, Jay kind of knew who this woman was. Mm hmm. And there's tons of them. And I, you know this for a fact because every once in a while I run into one. I you send, send it to, it to you. me. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, like, to you. And I'm watching watch 20 minutes like, what was I watching this for? <laughs> yeah. By the way, this, this... I, there may be a hundred of these women. Oh, yeah. But they have big followings, I think, unless there's bots involved. Could, could be could be phony below. Maybe her mom paid for that, too. What do you know? Mom yeah, maybe, maybe went mom out and bought did. some bought some subscribers. With the makeup. Well, I'm gonna put my hair. I want to listen to this black party. It sounds pretty racist. I'm going to wet my beauty blender and then set up a mirror and then I'll be right back. I guess this is so crazy. I'm in a dorm. This is like not the normal setup. I'm still gonna be going home and filming oh videos for you guys just because I don't want all my videos with this gorgeous dorm background. But let's start with priming. We're gonna moisturize my face. I'm still <laughs> learning where I keep everything. But I wanna just kinda talk. I, I, did, I will say, moisturizing is critically important. Talk to you guys about my first, well I got back from Fiji and I have a little bit of vlog footage, but I didn't get enough footage so I'm just gonna make it into a weekly vlog and just include what I got. Cause I totally was spacing on vlogging, but that's okay, I was just enjoying my time there. I'm just using a little tinted moisturizer, I'm not a big foundation girl. Yeah, this is so bad. There are people in the troll room actually begging for you to play an Amy Goodman Democracy Now clip. They, they can't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, talks a lot. I didn't realize that until I started listening to it without watching her. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I had a third clip, but where she's going to college. Oh, uh, come on. Let's do, we might that. as well do it. So this is her going to college? Right. Yeah. Aware and, like, self-conscious. Yeah, this about is before she, gets, she got scammed into college. Now she's happy to be going. It's my life. But since I'm going to college, I need to work on just seeing the good in people before I think everyone's just an asshole. Because people are really <laughs> nice, and I just don't give anyone a chance. <laughs> so this question is, like, such a big question I get, so I'm going to answer it. Will you be attending college? And if not, what's the next step on your career you wish to focus on? So I'm doing both. I'm going to be attending college. If you know where I'm going, please just don't comment it down below. I just don't want to deal with that. <laughs> That's already my big fear of meeting. Oh, I don't want to deal with that. So, so my life is just so, it's so horrible. I'm so famous. People at my college yeah, that are just going to exactly. use me. 
Yeah, I, I, I can't listen. Do you mind if we not play the, the rest? It's, it's fine. <laughs> okay. That, a couple of things about She's this. so full of herself. It's like ridiculous. I mean, it's you kind of have some sort of a... I hate to say this, but and there's a word for it for for kind of enjoying watching someone suffer. Yeah, fr- Freudenschade. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a fine German word. Well, there's yeah, a couple. Yeah, couple and only the Germans would have a word. Oh like yeah. That. A couple of things going on with this. One, of course, we never want to let a good crisis go to waste. So now Jared Kushner's Harvard acceptance is being questioned. <laughs> Let's dig into that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's privileged, and I'm sure all these things happen. What's What's beautiful about this is it's it's really it's out in the open, and 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 there's no well, there's no way around it, and everyone can. I, I just... have to stop on the Kushner thing. All right, please. Kushner um, and Harvard is very well. Known. Harvard and Yale to some extent, maybe as much as Harvard and probably Princeton, but Harvard I know for a fact because I know a lot of Harvardians is very much into the practice of if you're an alumni, in other words, you, dad, went to Harvard, you can get your kid in. Right. This is the stuff I was talking about earlier. Yeah, that's what you were talking yeah. about earlier. And that's very common at schools like yeah. Harvard. Sure. And it's not corrupt practices. What we're talking about here is people phoning up, you know, taking an SAT. The SAT was another element of this where somebody else actually took your tests or they changed your scores or you get bigger. This other element is is fraud. Now, I'm assuming that Laughlin and Huffman and Macy and the rest and the husband of Mosimo, uh, they weren't alumni of anything as far as right. I can tell. No, no. In fact, it was to, have, to let their kids have the college experience they couldn't afford. There was that at the, yeah. <laughs> or, they, or they didn't have time for yes, it. Yes, yeah. But whatever, busy. that's different. That's, that is, then they fraudulently got their kids into these schools and they will get booted out. That's hugely different than somebody having pull at Harvard because they have a building named after them. They're an alumni and they have a kid that wants to go to Harvard. That's different. That's a, that's a different, that's corrupt, maybe corrupt at some level, but that's the, that's a standard practice. Mm-hmm. So right. this Kushner thing is a, a, just a nonsense creation. Yeah, but no, media. no, no. It's a <clears throat> orange man bad. It's just just to just to lump it in. You know, we got to do something with it. We can't. We can't. No, we got to blame Trump. Got to blame somebody. And also, how easy are these schools? I mean, these kids graduate. <laughs> yeah, some of them have. Yeah. So this this must be a pretty these. I don't know about this education. What I like about this thing in general is. That now parents can like I think your your parents probably said it to you and my I I hear it every day and my mom's voice is life is not fair. You know, no, my parents have actually never said that. To oh, me. oh, I got that all the time. Hey, guess what? Life's not fair. Yeah, and it's true. And here's proof of it. It's not fair. There's nothing you can do to make this more fair. But there's something. Under underneath all of this, which is not being addressed, although I did get a clip here from Professor Woodson. Uh, he's a black professor. I started the Woodson Institute, I guess. And he was on Fox and he said, huh, child abuse. I really think it amounts to child neglect and child abuse. Uh, we are raising children in an entitlement uh, mentality and environment where they feel entitled and so do parents. One of the most important books that I've read about this and I commend to your viewers is Richard Watts' book, Fables of Fortune, What Rich People Have That You Don't Want. And the sequel to that 
is entitlemania, where he talks about the entitlement mentality. The very fact that we are exempting these children from the opportunity to be agents of their own uplift. And, and as a consequence, people like, places like Palo Alto have a suicide rate that is six times the national average among teenagers. There are people in that community who are wearing uh, uh, safety vests at railroad crossings because of the high number of teenagers that feel the stress uh, of, of meeting expectations. So I think it's, it's worse than that, this old entitlement mentality uh, that also exists uh, among low-income blacks where the highest death rate is from homicide because reparations is the moral equivalent of what these parents are doing. Yeah, we'll get to reparations later, but, I, you know, I agree with him. This, Of course this I is child too. abuse. It's total totally child abuse. That. Yeah. <laughs> and and if anything, lock the parents up for child abuse. Well, I think again, uh, Olivia Jade, uh, for example, probably could have gotten into USC just based on the on her not because she's a YouTube celebrity, but she's got a lot of initiative to be doing what she's doing, mm -hmm. and she could have gotten in if she put it her mind to. But no, no, they had to cheat her into the place. Um. Unbelievable. It really is. Well, and again, it's USC. <laughs> well, it's not just and USC. And I don't want to offend any of our USC contributors. I'm sure we have a few. No, but it's 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 also UT Austin. It's a whole bunch of yeah. Uh, UT University. Austin got busted too. <laughs> with 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 the tennis the tennis, uh, tennis professor. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I I think it's good. This stuff needs to be out in the open. And people need to see it for, and recognize it for what it is. I, I wonder what's going to happen. I, I think they're going to focus on the actresses. And they're, and course. all attention is going away from very wealthy people. We're talking, you know, billionaire level people. Interesting when you see that list, what kind of people could afford this kind of money, too. Well, this is one or two got really, really raped i mean six million dollars or big bonuses a million dollars to some coach i mean it was ridiculous when other people were weren't paying that much yeah let's see who did who did we I mean, have? how dumb were these kids that's the way i always look at it well uh, you know i don't even think they're dumb this is at this point it's probably just something sure, that is, you know, is done with junior what's wrong with some elites kid going to a junior college Community college or no. going to a small, you know, state university. Socially unacceptable. The parents will get weird looks at the parties. The, you know who I need to speak with about this is the former New York banker. So I have reached out to him for a, hey, let's have lunch. <laughs> he moved to Austin for his kids. He wanted to get out of that system. And, and that truly is the reason. It's like this, There is that element, especially back east. He said the schooling. Oh, this, oh yeah. Oh, oh. He's going to what city college of New York instead of Swarthmore? I thought he was going to go oh. to Swarthmore. Oh, did the promotion not come in this year from the bank? <laughs> so, yeah, there's that element, and that's uh, it's got nothing to do with the kids. And I think a lot of kids would benefit from going to a good city college of New York. It's a good school. There's a lot of those around the country that are good okay, schools. To get good that's, teachers. that's never going to happen. That's not how it works. It's, it's, Forget it. This is, this is, this is not. It's not even about the school. It's about prestige, and it's and it's setting your kids up for failure, really. Yeah. Well, they will have issues when they get older. Yes. 
Unless they stab the parents. Yeah. Um, what if I uh, jump over to... I'd like to jump over to that uh, uh, Woodson, Professor Woodson again. Because this reparations thing, we've talked about it a few times. Yes. Um, it always shows up and, and it tries to get le- it try, try to get uh, tries to get legs during a Republican administration. Where was the reparations push during Obama's era? <laughs> a black president. Well, here is we'll start with uh, Kamala Harris, who is not African American. Um, so, you know, would she even have claim? She's a brown woman, but not African American. She's Indian Jamaican and uh, raised in Canada. Here she is on the topic. It means a little bit different things to different people, but I think generally the idea is the same. One of the Democratic presidential candidates is floating an idea. It's a way to pay reparations for slavery and racial discrimination. Several candidates have endorsed that notion, although they're rarely giving specifics. Senator Kamala Harris also says the matter needs study, but in a talk with NPR, she did... Before we continue, isn't the original reparations based on the promise of 40 acres and a mule was that the was that the idea is that where this stems from i don't think so mm, okay just what's on her mind sure you can look at the sure. issue of i left that in just for you like when, yeah thank you for doing it you know it annoys me. i left it in just for you start off your yeah, sure 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 you can look at the issue hey, you know who else does that elizabeth warren she does that all the time sure you of um untreated and undiagnosed trauma. African-Americans have higher rates of heart disease and high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. It is environmental. It is centuries of slavery, which was a form of violence where women were raped, where children were taken from their parents. Violence associated with slavery. And that never, there, there was never any real intervention to break up what had been generations of people experiencing the highest forms of trauma and trauma undiagnosed and untreated leads to physiological outcomes. We're talking about the same thing as post-traumatic stress from a war. That's sure, the kind of thing. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. But listen, when, unless there's intervention done, it will appear to be perhaps generational, but it's generational only because the environment has not experienced a significant enough change to reverse the symptoms. You need to put resources and direct resources, extra resources into those communities that have experienced that trauma. So that's an example. Reparations could be mental health treatment for African-Americans. Yeah, I think that that the word, the term reparations, it means different things to different people. Uh But what I mean by it is that we need to study the effects of generations of discrimination and institutional racism and determine what can be done in terms of intervention to correct course. All right. So there you go. Centuries of slavery have led to post-traumatic stress disorder for today's African-Americans. It needs to be research, he says. But yes, we need to put resources into that. Now back to Professor Robert Woodson. Wheel spinning. Wheel spinning, yeah. Now, but there's, there's real talk about money. In doing well, that's this, a plus. I mean, there, you have to realize that the sociologists of this country, and the and somewhat the world, somewhat. Although we, I think we have most of them, uh, have been doing this since they, they've been cranking through this this research forever. 
uh, here is back to Professor Robert Woodson, again, African-American professor. It's the most ridiculous proposal that I ever had, I heard. First of all, it's important to deconstruct it a little bit. Reparations, you know, the, the question is, um, who pays and who, rece- who gets paid? People don't realize that uh, it's, uh, slavery, there were blacks who owned slaves as well. There were 3,700 blacks. By the way, as a white guy, you never get to say this in public. It's the third rail of racial discussions. If you say, hey, hey, man, there were black slave owners. Mm-mm-mm. There owned 12,000 slaves, not, uh, three tribes, the Chickasaws. Uh, tribes, the Creek Indians, they own 3,500 slaves. So the question for me and for the audience should be, well, who pays? Do the sons and daughters of those blacks and, and Native Americans that own slaves, do their uh, ancestors, do, do they pay? And so it's, it's a little more complicated than people are making. What about the whites who came here after slavery? What about the hundreds of thousands who died uh, fighting again in the Civil War who never owned slaves? Right. And so I just think that we ought to take this into consideration when we're talking about uh, uh, slavery. It's, it's also providing exemption from personal responsibility. With all of the problems that black America has, for someone to say that the answers to those challenges are external. Let's just say we accept uh, uh, the, the premise that reparations should be paid. What problem does it solve? If whites paid blacks money on Monday and we come back two weeks later, what would be the impact on black on black crime? What would be the impact of drug addiction, about the high dropout rate? And so I just think it's, it's, it's lethal for, for us to just talk about a simplistic remedy um, so we can do virtue signaling on the issue of race and appear to be champions. That's the American way, though. We yeah. solve everything Where's with he, money. Well, Where's he from? <laughs> Climate change? Money. <laughs> everything solved with money. But it is part of this pandering to a younger demographic uh, who are coming up in the voting age as the college kids who can vote. Man, you know, the eighteen. Well, this this new group, the Zoomers. The Zoomers, yeah. Oh. Generation Z. Yes, and and we got a note about that. About yes, we uh, did. And and you know when I read that note, even though it was a well-known producer, and he's donated, and he's it's been, a, been it was around. A woman. Was it? Well, it's, wasn't I, it Dawn? Um, maybe it was. The one bitching and moaning. Yeah, yeah. About but I, I well, I said producer that the I I don't remember if it was man or woman. Um, do I have the note That's here? How little no, I, you I have care. it here. No, I have That's it here. How little you care? No, slave D, John and Adam. I'm a longtime listener. Contrib- this is how much I care. I put it in the show notes. I'm a longtime listener and contributor of the show with multiple executive producer credits. I love you both dearly and have nothing but respect for the incredible work you both do. However, I'm not sure what's going on with the two of you that you have completely missed the biggest news story of this current campaign cycle. Andrew Yang. He's a former. <laughs> I'm reading it with emphasis. He's yeah, a for- well, you're reading with the right. You're reading as it was written. Yes, I believe. He's a former CEO and political outsider with a rapidly growing grassroots movement that crossed party lines in terms of support. And neither of you seem to be on the ball here. Andrew Yang just spoke at South by Southwest and has been interviewed by Joe Rogan, Sam Harris, Tucker Carlson, oh, The Young ooh. Turks, Ezra Klein, Freakonomics, CNBC, CBS, Business Side, and about 900 more since he announced his candidacy for POTUS in February. 
His campaign just raised over $1 million and has now crossed the 65,000 individual donor threshold needed to get him into the Democratic debates in June. Where the hell are you on this? Disappointed <laughs> as fuck, Slave D. Now, when I read this, if, if, if uh, Slave D had not said, I'm a producer, I would have thought, this is a campaign notice. This it looks like it looks like it was uh, copy paste. Yes, looks like a copy paste, and I take this very seriously. Well, so, hold on a second. It doesn't mean, <clears throat> or she and he, or whatever. Slave D, just slave D. They, they're they're a four dollar a week contributor for the last couple of years. That's fantastic. Uh, executive that. producers, I can't find any, but it's possible maybe in twenty seven. Does not matter. Irrelevant. But but that looked like cut and paste to me too. It and felt if like you're it. in it. And she, she or he may be part of a of the group that's promoting this guy. Clearly, and they were all told to do this, and that's it's, okay because because it's fine with me. It, listen, it, it was it was a it was a wake up notice. I like getting it. And let me let me tell you what I did. I went looking for Andrew Yang. Oh, I already knew about this guy. He's because I was doing my breakdown of all the candidates. He's a third tier guy. He's got no chance of going anywhere. And he's like a huge climate change nut, completely off the deep end, bitching and moaning about all the hurricanes more than ever. That is not his primary platform. No, I th- I, that's what right, I thought no, as well. Primary platform is. No, hold on. The, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Just be quiet. Stuff. Hold on. <laughs> Let me lead in. <laughs> Go. His, why are the Zoomers so interested? Why are they uh, all in on this? And it fits in with the climate change. It fits in with um, other issues that are taking place. And I went to the Tonight Show of, of our era, the, of the Zoomers. I went to Joe Rogan. First question, out of the box, his platform is... Universal basic income. This is what this is all about. Yes. Yeah, that's what my campaign for president is all about. That's a an interesting like uh, focus of a campaign and, and very unusual. And I mean, four years ago, you never even thought that that would have a chance at all. But this is a it subject <laughs> that has been gaining momentum. Now listen to Rogan. Listen to what Rogan says here. And it, it made a, I made a big shift because uh, I had my friend Eddie Wong on once, and he was the first person to bring it up. And I, my initial knee-jerk reaction was, get the fuck out of here. Like, universal, basic income. just going to give people money. They're just going to be lazy. Nothing's ever going to get done. That's a terrible idea. And then I started paying attention to the rise of AI and uh, automation and how many jobs are going to get taken yes, away yes. from people. And then once you see the actual numbers, it's pretty staggering. So I'm going to I have like a minute left on this clip. But this is what has been going on with uh, with college kids or with the Zoomers, as, as they're called, is they've been beaten into fearful submission of the earth collapsing on top of them. AI is taking over. You'll have no job. Shut up, slave. And instead of looking at you know, other innovations that could take place or, you know, other black swans, you name it, or the actual reality of robots on the road. Rogan bought into it. I listened to the whole interview. It's about an hour, two hours. And based on some prognostications, like the solution is, well, you know, because we're going to have these these kids, you know, these these kids won't have any jobs, so we got to give them some money so they can be creative and create great art. 
<laughs> Here's the next minute. Yeah, and that's how I got there, Joe. Like I spent the last seven years running an organization that I had started called Venture for America. And we helped create about 3,000 jobs in Detroit, Cleveland, St. Louis, Birmingham, New Orleans, other cities around the country. And I saw that we're pouring water into a bathtub that has a giant hole ripped in the bottom. And that for every 5, 10, 50 jobs that my entrepreneurs are going to create, we're going to lose 5, 10, 50,000 jobs. It's not something that people intuitively suspect could be a real issue either. It's it's one of the, one, the ones where you kind of have to like go shake people like, hey, look at this. This is coming. There's a cliff. We're going towards this cliff. It's, it's darker still in that. So uh, when I was digging into the numbers, I found that it's not this – cliff that we're heading towards. It's actually more of a curve that we're on. Uh, what I've been telling people is that we're in the third inning now, where one of the main reasons why Donald Trump won in 2016 is that we automated away 4 million manufacturing jobs that were based in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, Missouri, Iowa. All the we, Really, was that all automation or did a lot of it go to China? It's bull crap. Most of it went overseas. Yeah, this, this is that's little Chinese children are taking taking our little children's jobs. They're the ones gluing the shoes together. So that's not. I mean, sure, there's automation, but that's not that's not all because of automation. Automation is always factored in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just to make this clip more tolerable, I'm going to interrupt <laughs> with this. When I was a kid, <clears throat> and I'm a baby boomer, so when I was a kid, we were actually told this. This is not a new idea, and, I, and I'm very familiar with it because we were told when I was a kid, when we were taught, and we had real classes on history, American history. We're not a lousy country. We're a great country, all this kind of thing. We were told that this country would eventually be run by robots and everything would be automated because it's going to be everything as it gets more and more toward the future. We're going to have less and less people, less and less of these horrible jobs, these horrible assembly line jobs. And by the way, I think a lot of the movement of, of taking jobs out of the United States and sending them to China was stemming from this sort of belief that these, these assembly line jobs are terrible. And I've worked on assembly lines, a couple of them, and they're terrible, but you get a lot of money. But that's beside the point. The idea was it's all going to go away and then we're all going to live in this giant socialist, even though it was never called that, but some sort of an environment where you have where all the money is, the, the giant corporations make all this money off because they're using robots instead of people, and they'd be distributing the wealth. Uh, it's apparent to me, looking back on it, that the same kind of problems we have with the educational system existed back then. Mm -hmm. But because that's nonsense in many ways, because no one's going to give up this money. I mean, if you look at any venture capitalist, capitalist, you know, they're just as soon fire everybody in the company if they could. And keep all the money for themselves. Yeah. And that's kind of the way the system works. And you can condemn it or not condemn it, or you can crash the market and they'll take care of that. Well, I, I find it so, somewhat short-sighted um, because humans are known to come up with great new technological inventions. And just to say, well, that's it. We're done. Robots take over and you can all sit at home and uh, smoke weed, which I kind of like that idea myself. But, you know, th that... It just doesn't seem like there's any room yeah, for any innovation. The room, <laughs> <laughs> you see the beer cans, and I mean, this is the problem. Is this well, here's the here's where Yang runs into trouble because this was a deconstruction of Yang. You can't be for easy. I'll just call it easy immigration if you have universal basic income. If you have universal basic income in your country, you need a moat. You need a moat with alligators and booby traps because everyone will want to come in. 
Yeah. Like, hey, you can go there and, and that will that will be a problem. So Yang is not talking about the other side of his u- universal basic cable, which I think is <laughs> that's what I'm for. Everybody gets universal basic cable. That's better than the whole income. Yeah, no, you have, you have to have a very strict no immigration policy. In fact, yes, you should be kicking people you do. out of the country. Of course country. you do. But that's not what Yang is for, and that's not discussed in the, that I can recall in this interview. But, yeah, well, but that's, that would be the gotcha, and that, but, that would be if Rogan was doing his job, he would have called him out on that. Well, think about this. It's actually not such a bad idea because all these people who apparently there's no job for also are afraid and don't want any kids. They're just going to sit home, take care of their dogs, and within two generations, they're all gone and dead, and only the productive, necessary people are left over. So it's, that's, it, it's also kind of a, a, maybe a good thing. It's a, a natural order working itself out. Well, if the nihilism kicks in, uh, which it seems to do easily, especially with the younger generations, well, I don't know. But I think that may have been the case years ago, too. I'm not sure that any of this is is new. There's some other structural thing that needs to be fixed, and I'm not sure what it is, but it's definitely uh, <laughs> it's definitely not solved by shipping all the companies and jobs overseas. No, no. But I think it's just it's just also poor economics, just not just really not understanding even where we're at and how realistic a lot of this stuff is. The, the only thing I see a valid argument in is truck drivers. That I think is I think there will we will see autonomous trucks eventually, maybe not in your and my lifetime, because it takes so long for this to work without a driver. And even then, you can have one driver, you know, scanning 30, 40 different trucks. Oh, you get, here's the real problem. You get the Teamsters Union. Another issue. They're going to start, you know, popping holes in tires, running trucks off the road, Mm -hmm. putting IEDs on the road. Yeah, baby. I mean, it's not going to work because of that. There's too many truck drivers that aren't going to put up with the getting, a lot of them are already getting screwed in one way or another by Mexican drivers that are allowed to drive on our roads. And so really, not- the universal basic income is a globalist plan yeah. to shut people up while their lively their lives are being taken away. So hey, you you want to you want to protest? I'll tell you what. Well, just give us some money. Don't don't protest. Yeah, shut up and get over go over there. Now, here's the one of the other issues I have with the universal basic income, which I I, I know I know which has been voted down in country. I think Switzerland voted. They had a referendum. They, they said no. no. I think they. They experimented with it in one of the cantons. They started again. They started again, but the town in season Stockton, California, trying that now. I don't know. The that. EU countries have rejected it. It's not necessarily cut and dry system that works. But well, people what, like. Well, you, it's subject to fraud if it's not universal. Actually, universal. So you have a real problem there. In other words, you can't do it in some spot because people are just going to come over there. Hey, right, hey, hey right. I want my check too. Exactly. <laughs> but if you have everybody getting a basic four thousand dollars. Is that and I'd like to talk to some macro economists about this. Won't that just jack everything up? Well, what, so, so, so now it's now now the base level of being broke. Oh no, it's better than that. Thousand dollars. Oh no, it's better than that. The four thousand dollars comes in. Where does that go to? It goes to the same people who are automating, namely Amazon. People are going to spend their money on more shit from Amazon. It, you know, so the guys who automate win. It's almost like free tax money. And for the weed dealers, of course. Yes. Well, actually, that's true. That's where the money would go right to the people who would 
who caused the yes, problem. Yes, who caused the problem. It's, it's a, yeah. Yang is really a globalist prick. Well, I look over his whole platform, not just those three items he has on his front page and the rest of it. I think he's probably a globalist prick. Yeah. I would say that's probably true. Yeah. Seems like it to me. And he's got his, you know, he's got his million dollars, you know, like the, the, our note writer pointed out, and his 65,000 individuals contribute so he can be on the debate stage. He's going to go on the debate stage and it's going to be just another another guy that won't be on the debate stage two debates later. Right. He can't keep up the pace. He's, nobody's going to go. It's not. No, the guy's third tier. He's not. That's why we never discussed him. Yeah. I knew all about him. I saw a couple of specials on him. He's got a good publicist. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But he's not. It's just, I, it's just a, it's kind of a hobby nominee. <laughs> well, Elizabeth Warren is running her campaign. That's definitely a hobby at this point. I don't know why well, she's, she's still in the first tier, in my opinion. She, well, she's got to be wasting her money, but she's she's got she's got a message that I think um, is accurate, but falls on deaf ears. People don't really want to understand, you know, the the deal we make with Silicon Valley and the tech companies. And uh, a quick clip of that. Sure. See, sure. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, yeah, this is about sure. She, she in her uh, in her platform. She now speaks of breaking up the Silicon Valley tech companies. Sure. Let's use the example of Amazon. Amazon runs two kinds of businesses. One is it runs a platform, and that's the place where all the small businesses come and they trade and they uh, buyers and sellers meet. And Amazon runs that platform, but also Hey, stop. Yeah, stop. I want to I want you to start over because I want to put a preface in here. Okay. Now, breaking up companies, I used to write a lot of columns about breaking up Microsoft. The rationale for breaking up a company is is that the company is unfairly leveraging everything they do uh in in a very monopolistic manner right. or some way that gives them a distinct advantage. Right. Uh, Microsoft was a good example of this because they would, they would bundle uh, the Explorer or they, or they, and they, if it's a Microsoft operating system, it worked best. If you, you know, Lotus got bumped off because, you know, Lotus is, or Excel's something about windows isn't ready and or something. There's a rhyme to it. Uh, Windows isn't done until Lotus won't run. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's your developer mantra. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had this and they said that because they had Excel. And so they would, you know, so you're leveraging all these different things into to one monopolistic practice as operation. Amazon's got two things, more or less. They've got a retail store and AWS. They're not leveraging one. They're not using those two items to leverage the company. If they didn't have AWS, they'd just have their own back end. Well, this is not uh, what she's talking about, interestingly. Well, I thought she wanted to split off AWS. From no, Amazon no, that is not what she wants to do. No, this is. Uh, well, then what the hell does she want to do with Amazon? Well, let's have a listen. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Ignore the preface. No, no, no. You you make a very valid point. That's why I've typically ignored what she has to say. I kind of ignore her in general. But I wanted to hear the breakup of big tech and what her rationale was. So can you tell us, Liz? 
Sure. Let's use sure. the example of Amazon. Amazon runs two kinds of businesses. One is it runs a platform, and that's the place where all the small businesses come and they trade and they uh, buyers and sellers meet. And Amazon runs that platform, but also sucks out tons of information from every single transaction. It then uses that information that nobody else is privy to to look out and say, oh, there's a profitable business. We think we'll go into competition with them. And so it then puts out a product in competition with the pet pillow sales guy and then moves the profitable business back to page six and puts Amazon right at the front, Amazon's own business. So the way I see this, a little like baseball, we'll use a baseball analogy here, you can be the umpire, that's the platform, or you can have a team in the game that's running these individual businesses that meet on the platform, but you don't get to do both simultaneously. So I think those ought to be broken apart. I think she has a point here because that is something Amazon actively participates in. I've heard plenty of horror stories. It's even worse. It's almost like a deplatforming. Yeah, Microsoft used to do that, pull that stunt. Sure. I mean, and, you know, Apple used to. Sure, you said sure. Sure. It's it's the lexicon. All the hip kids are saying it. Sure. 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 That's the show title. Sure. Um, Apple will find something that's popular uh, you know hey this is a this is a great little uh, application they will create it themselves stick it right in the os and screw you independent developer yeah that happens and this amazon this amazon deplatforming it really does happen but i'm baffled by the idiocy of all yeah i understand that it's a great way to make money but the future lies in the decentralized nature of the internet you can stick up a web page you can get paid If you are daring enough, you'll use PayPal, but you could actually use Bitcoin or other things. It is a, and this is why I think Amazon should not be broken up. Uh, I think, not for this reason, I think that the uh, vendors, it would be just like Uber. It would not be hard to create a cooperative system that everybody could use. Done. Yeah, I agree. But let's stop for a second and and how do you, you can't, what is, what is this? They can be regulated, but not, but broken up. What, how do you, what do you break them into? Uh, well, Bezos can be broken into little bits <laughs> just because it'd be fun to watch. No, you can't. It's all integrated. It's, it's their business. It is their actual business. And they have a big advertising business, too. So, yeah, I mean, but they can be circumvented so easily. Any provider could say, you know what? I'm not going to deal with Amazon. They're a-holes. I'm going to do it over here. Now, will you get the promotion of Amazon? No, but do you know how hard it is to make Ask Eric the Shill. How hard is it to make money on Amazon? It's hard. They take a lot. There's all kinds of stocking issues, and it's just, it's not, it's not simple to deal with them. But you got to be there. And I'd say, no, reject it. Maybe one of those universal basic income kids will come for the decentralized Amazon-like platform. It's not unthinkable. Well, Amazon has done a pretty good job of putting it all together. Of course they have. And they have, you know, 25, what, 25 years almost? They've been close yeah. to it. It's yeah, close. Like it. They didn't just start yesterday. So what, what other people in Congress are doing, although, you know, Elizabeth, it's a great little talking point, break them up, ha, ha, ha. You know, they, they took down her Facebook ads 
and, and subsequently Facebook had to go off air for for most of the day. Another OTG half, moment. Do you know how many companies lost money because they rely on Facebook, their company web pages? I think that's dumb. Yes, of course how it's hard dumb. Is it to have your own web page? But the dumb part is that people do they they're not. The first of all, they have no vision, but they have not been taught what the internet is. To to most people today who have not witnessed the the rise and went through the personal computer revolution, or have not just not been taught, have not read about it, have not been taught, they think that just like AOL used to be. Oh, I got the internet. You know, I'm good. I got AOL. Was it really the internet? No, not really. Keyword. You got your keywords. But Google is not the only place to search. Yeah, well, you get the same result. I don't know. I haven't used it in two years, and I get interesting results that work. Sometimes I have to resort to Google for a certain newsworthy item, but otherwise, no. I can get it from other places. It's just not necessary. It's like you know, your email doesn't have to be just from Gmail. But no, this is being just not being taught. That's the universe. If the universities would teach some of that, I'd be okay with the social justice crap. But they don't. And then we I'm have actually stunned by this. Just a, I think it's like one of the most important things. It should yeah. universities nuts. Teach kids how to set up a web page. Just teach them how to set up a teach them how to set up a Linux school, box. High school stuff, not yes. university stuff. When the seventh and eighth grade, even you could put up a web page. This is this is a note to homeschoolers. A part of your homeschooling curriculum should be your kids should be able to start up a, a server, a web server. How about that? Just a web server and publish a page and, and register a domain name and map it. Yeah, you could do it on the home computer. Yeah, of course. I now, mean, there if was, it got popular, your, your ISP would not be happy, but you could still do it for as just an exercise. There was a very good C-SPAN uh, televised questioning of a very stupid guy and the wrong guy and this is a typical we're gonna we're gonna haul you in before the senate uh i think it was the the judicial oversight for some reason um senator harley republican from missouri was questioning uh mr devries a google scholar who they sent to washington to be the slaughter the lamb sent to be slaughtered and man did he get slaughtered and this is all of, and what hold on back off I didn't catch this. So wait a minute. So Google now has, do you think they're just laughing about this well, at Google <laughs> HQ? The Google Scholar program has been around for a couple of years. That's been around for a while. Really? Yeah. And you go and lecture and you become important and you, I think you get a badge. <laughs> you get a, maybe a sash. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> maybe they should run it out of USC. I'm a, I'm a Google Scholar. Uh, this is about the, you know, Google's practices in one area only. And that's the clips I have for you for today. And it's the most important area I, I have learned through my OTG experiments, experiments, is location. What is your location? Your location tells who you're with, what you're doing, if you're at the doctor's office, if you're shopping, all these things. Location is, is the number one. Google's foundation is based on keyhole. That's where they really got their, the goods from. Is, and that was the, the geospatial database and the mapping system and location is the most important thing google does and so this guy attacks <laughs> uh attacks the scholar about their practices i'm concerned about the implicit bargain that consumers are being asked 
to ratify, by which they get supposedly free services, but actually have enormous amounts of personal data extracted from them without knowing what exactly is going on. And uh, Mr. DeVries, I'd like to focus on, begin at least with you and and your company, uh, the largest arguably most powerful company in the world. I noted your testimony, your written testimony, you say for over 20 years now, our flagship products have been free. And then you go on to say, next paragraph, that uh, Google clearly explains how it makes money and clearly explains how your products use personal information. And my question is, is that really true? Are any of those statements actually true? So let's, let's take some examples. Let's start with location tracking. Let's start with your Android phones. Do you think the average consumer would would be surprised to learn that her location is recorded and sent to Google hundreds of times every day, even when she is not using her phone. Uh, thank you, Senator. I, I do think we, we take as uh, strong an effort as possible to try to explain these things clearly. I understand that it's it's complicated the way a mobile phone. But do works. you think that she would? Uh, uh, do you think she would be surprised to learn that even when she's not using the phone, an Android phone? Google is receiving information about where she is. For instance, it's every four minutes or 14 times an hour, roughly 340 times during a 24-hour period. That's without use of the phone. Do you think she'd be surprised to learn that? So, Senator, I know that location information is absolutely core to making a mobile phone work the way that you want it to work. It makes It's what makes maps work. It's what makes your phone calls what? be able to be routed correctly. Um, and we have an optional service that's opt-in called Location History, which can collect location over time if people turn that on. He described it perfectly. They track your location. They have an optional service, <laughs> which says you're turning off location history. You're not tr- and that's the point that the, the senator doesn't understand, because legally they're saying, yeah, you, you are now opting out. You're turning off your history. So that one application, which enables you to see your history, it doesn't work anymore. But no, nowhere do they even claim that the location services are turned off. So this is a surprise to the senator. And he takes the very simple um, route of, well, it's ads. The guy fumbles on this one. Whereas, of course, as I said earlier, what you can actually do with location, and especially if there's things like accelerometers to know if you're taking the bus, walking, sitting up in bed, you know, doing all that stuff. Google knows. Let's just let's just get that on the record. Google collects geolocation history and information even if location history is turned off. Do you think that an average consumer, let's say a teenager with an Android phone, would be surprised to learn that Google is tracking his location even when location services are turned off, turned off by scanning Wi-Fi networks around him throughout the day? You think he'd be surprised by that? Senator, I know that this data is used to provide value back to the user to make their phone work. <laughs> you're not really interested. Uh, they're value for value now all of a sudden. <laughs> My questions. Do you, you, you're telling me you don't think a consumer should be surprised? Do you think they should anticipate that? They have location services turned off. Well, Senator, so in order to make, say, maps work, to be able to locate you, to give you directions where you go, maps needs to know where you are. The phone's you're, off. <laughs> Well, in order to be able to uh, just perform basic functions to keep it safe. Location services are off. Uh, indeed, Senator, in order to be able to know what where it is so it can route phone calls to you, so it can collect the basic information. So the consumer cannot meaningfully opt out. I mean, he has gone and tried to turn location services off. He's not using his phone. It's still communicating on, and sending stop, information stop. to you. Is he claiming that the Google location services is how they can route a call to you? Yeah, and I heard that too. And it's not the cell phone network itself? 
He's trying. What I is that? What he said? The way I uh, understood his comment there is, well, you know, phones need this. He was kind of pushing it off on the on the network provider. Well, you know, they need to know where you are in order to route a call, implying that that the the location of the cell towers is critical because yeah, if you're not within range, you can't be reached. But that they also have that data. That's what it implies to me, that Google well, knows the, the what cell you're connected to. Various cell towers, yeah. but it's got absolutely nothing to do with Google. No, but Google has that data, too. They know what cell yeah, tower sure you're talking do. to. They have every data, every data point they can yeah. grab. But, but, but this guy's bullshitting him. And I hey, 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 he's a scholar. That. He's a Google scholar. I wonder if there's a college I can buy my way into. This is off. He's not using his phone. It's still communicating and sending information to you. And you're monetizing it and using it to direct ads at him, correct? Uh, we are not using that information to direct ads at him, no, sir. Oh, this is oh. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, oh, yeah, wait for it. <laughs> to provide value back to the user in terms of making their services operate. Wait, 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 wait. You don't use the information? What do you do with that information? We use it to make sure that the, the, we understand it's not of monetary value to you? There is some ways that location can be used for ads. So, oh. for instance, your IP. <laughs> I thought you just said it wasn't used for ads. <laughs> uh, Cinder, there's 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 the, the oh. kind of geolocation oh. that's sent from the cell towers, from your GPS device that's used for purposes that are really about making the phone operate. I'm happy to explain this in more detail. I understand it's a complicated sure. topic and we oh, can yeah. communicate it better. And I, I don't know that it is that complicated. Well, this is so he keeps reaching back and saying, we tell everybody this, you know, in the all caps uh portion of the eula we tell everybody about this we need to communicate better i think when somebody turns off their user information their location history they expect the location tracking to be off but it's not in fact they don't have a way apparently so you know this is on c-span so it makes it into zero news no one hears about it we you know obviously producers of this show know what's going on He's going to wrap it up here and spank the guy now that he's got him over his knee. Do you think that an average consumer who's using your products fully understands that Google builds a profile about her, tracks where she goes to work, tracks where her boyfriend lives, tracks where she goes to church, tracks when she goes to the doctor? Do you think that an average consumer would anticipate that? Senator, I, I know that we have a duty to communicate this information clearly. I don't believe we track the information at that level without communicating. Do you think you're communicating it clearly when a consumer cannot turn off their location tracking? Senator, you can turn off location tracking. There are aspects of location, though, that are necessary to make services work, where if we turn those off, your phone wouldn't work the way you'd expect. And I know that's a complicated subject to explain. It is. And we're trying hard, and we are hopefully... It's it's actually, it's not complicated. What's complicated is you don't allow consumers to stop your tracking of them. You tell them that you do. You would anticipate that they do. A consumer would have a reasonable expectation based on what you've told them, that they're not being tracked. But in fact, you're still tracking it. You're still gathering the information and you're still using it. By the way, all of this is just phone. We're not even talking yet about search or or internet tracking. I mean, listen, my time has almost expired here. We could talk about the, the internet tracking that Google performs. We could talk about the lack of consent. Here's my basic concern, is that Americans have not signed up for this they think that the products that you're offering them are free they're not free they think that they can opt out of the of the tracking that you're performing they can't meaningfully opt out it's kind of like that uh that old eagle song you know you can check out anytime you like but you can never leave and then that's too bad she <laughs> ruined it there for me yeah it was a big <laughs> that was a ruined bit it much. ruined it for me there 
Uh, but you know, this this should have been Sergey Brin or someone of importance. Oh, they're never going to go in front of these guys. No, they send the Google scholars. Now you know what that's all about. So lead the lamb to slaughter. And of course, it's not picked up anywhere. I mean, we'd love to see Larry Page up there. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Both yeah, of them, that's not Page happen. and Brin. But yeah, they're gonna have to build a case against the against these guys in some very high level, and then they're gonna have, then they can make these guys show up. Mm. Good luck with that. <laughs> Number one lobbyists uh, lobbyists in D.C. is Google. They, they've got everybody in their pocket. However, with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage and say in the morning to you, the man who put the C in college admission scams, John C. DeMore. In the morning, you, Mr. Adam Curry. In the morning, all chefs and sea boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the dames and nights out there. In the morning to everyone in the troll room. Hello, trolls. So helpful today. Noagendastream.com, where you can listen to the show live as we stream it on Thursdays and Sundays. That's the other Thursday. And uh, you can uh, hand off one-liners and uh, give us information. And it's all kinds of stuff. It's, it's highly appreciated. Always good to see the thousand or so people who are in there every single time we do a show. Also, I'd like to wish a hearty in the morning uh, to Darren O'Neill. He has the three-peat, the hat trick, once again, three in a row, for the album artwork for episode 1119. The title of that episode that was from Sunday was Hyper Trending. And he did the film slate, which we liked. It was the AOC film slate, congressional candidate casting call, and uh, director Alexander Ro- Alexandra Rojas, <laughs> producers of the Justice Democrats. It was good. A very nice piece. Although we had challenges finding anything else that we really... What was yeah, the... There was one that, that was just... It was really... I think it was Nick the Rat had a really good one, but it, he just threw everything in the kitchen sink in there, and it was... But it was too... Let me see if I can find it real quick. Yes, it was. Here it is. The AOC. So she had a rainbow in her hand. She was on puppet string. She had a Donald Trump uh, ecstasy pill. She had that that crazy guy's T-shirt on. But just the strings weren't big enough. You couldn't see it. Yeah, you couldn't see the strings. Couldn't see the strings well enough from a, from any you know, like an, an album art, which is smaller than the submission is. Because that was very close. We liked that one a lot too. It's just yeah, you just couldn't quite see it. But anyway, we appreciate the work that all of our artists do and i can see people are already putting stuff in for this for today without even knowing what we're talking about they're working on it and it's some fantastic artwork it's well worth the visit to noagendaartgenerator.com and unlike google uh we do like the value for value system and we provide value we give you uh what is about the six hours a week worth of content People seem to enjoy that, and all we say is uh, send us uh, anything that you felt equaled the value you got. And that's how we come up with our executive and associate executive producers at the beginning of each show. And we have a few people to thank for as executive producers and associate executive producers for show 1120. And our buddy, uh, Sir Anonymous of Dogpatch in Lower Slobovia, ah. has been uh, has sent in $902. Now, today was is Pi Day. Which which meant we're looking for thirty one three three point fourteen fifteen two nine something like that. Yeah. So we have different donation amounts. How is the nine oh two derived? Did he send a note that we could understand? Yeah, he, he doesn't really ever. I think these are code numbers. It's a code to someone else that we're that we have no part of. Yeah. We're like I, the I we're know. like the crossword no crossword puzzle on the New York Times. Uh, but he doesn't even mention it, the, the donation. Hmm. He just says a long note, which okay. says the following. And we always read his notes because yes. they're very good. Thank you for the continued deconstruction of the M5M brainwashing. 
the effort by educators, politicians, and media of all types to market ideas and products is a remarkable and continually refined art form. Your hard work and business model offers listeners a better way of being informed. So thank you. Following on John's comment about 1% of listeners donating, I am proud to be a one percenter where they are honored rather than villainized. <laughs> I can make an informed com- comment on the $100 bill circulation. With the strong dollar, it's preferred international currency. It's not all about crime, although U.S. payoffs do help. Many seasoned travelers of all nationalities can carry hundreds to convert to local currencies currencies as needed while receiving the best exchange rate with weaker currencies. Yes, you get a better exchange rate with the, with the, with American money. I learned a model long ago that still applies. American hundreds don't leave home without them. <laughs> American Express traveler's checks. That's right. I remember that. A traveler's hint. Make certain they are new and have no stray marks or tears or they will be rejected. Many foreign banks have an ink stamp to identify U.S. hundreds they receive for local currency so they cannot be used again Hmm. in place of the local currency but are returned to the U.S. They're defacing our money? Apparently. That's illegal. It's illegal for Americans to do that. Um, Just one Uh, thing about that. One of our producers sent me a note about this question and said that many modern ATMs, modernized ATMs, now spit out 100s. Yeah, I've heard that. So that could also be something that's come into play. Maybe. A little travel overkill for me lately. I have not had five consecutive days in the same place since November. Wow. That's that's traveling. And it's a bit tiring. Grounding of flights from drones at airports and bombings overseas were almost a relief to me. Wow. As your show often reinforces to its listeners, all news is about perspective and grounding flights helped my sanity. (laughs) (laughs) It just depends on where you are in life. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. (laughs) NJ, no jingles, but I would like some health karma for three people. Uh, Lyomysarcoma returns for a family member living with us round three Round three chemo for a dear friend uh, 50 years after Agent Orange. Thank you, Agent Orange. Thank you, uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Lung cancer of baby brother Sir Angelic Knight, who has refused treatment. So that's... uh, Big F cancer for them. You've got karma. And thank you very much, Seronymous of Dogpatch and Lower Slobovia. Always good to hear from you and always very, curious uh, about the code. He would ask for a jingle. Yes, it's rare, but a triple F cancer is, we, we get it. Next on uh, the list is uh, Sir Hey Idiot. <laughs> $683 in Concord, California, up to speed for me. Credit Sir Hey Idiot's Pi Day. But as a numerology as as numerology goes, pi is damned mundane. So here's six eight three. Ah, not just a garden variety prime, but the fourth Wagstaff prime, and a happy number. Yes, and the total of my last Amazon order. <laughs> he 
would like a respect of an LGY. It is a happy number. It's a happy prime, and it's it's a favorite. R e s p i c t. Yay! Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Hey, idiot. Sir Dreb Scott of the uh, ELB Express six seventy five thirty three. That's nice. Um, no jingles, no karma. By my accounting, this brings me to night to Baron. I like to keep any protector, any protectorate in abeyance. John's newsletter email prompted this donation. I wanted to make sure I chipped in. Uh, keep up the sanity, uh, generating deconstruction. Thank you very much, Sir Dred Sir Scott. Trop, Tropfer, Topfer, Sir Topper, Topfer of. Tarpole, 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 Sir Topfer of Tarpole. Okay, Chester, he's in Chester, UK. <clears throat> yeah, five hundred nine oh one. Time for my annual contribution following my tax payment and sharing the surplus with you. Thank you for all you do. No jingles, no karma. The five hundred nine oh one is five hundred dollars plus nine oh one as the date reference below. Oh, a short additional note, if if I may. Like John, I believe in cycles, including the cycle of life and indeed the cycle of the No Agenda producers. I will explain. On September 1st, 2018, we lost a, my friend and fellow knight, Sir Jeffrey of Camden, who succumbed to cancer. We know it was coming, and if that cancer, and if the F cancer from you gave him an extra year, uh, I'll give you the donation in his honor as well as for your greater value. However, I recently learned that we had gained a new producer at about the same time. Not realized by me, but following a visit to the USA to meet up with friends. I hit someone in the mouth and would like to now, I would now like a shout out to Chad. Poopingardner. Poopingardner. Gardner. A millennial hipster in <laughs> Chicago, as well as the lovely girlfriend, Lauren Mahmood, who made me aware. Mm. She is technically a douche. Oh, he is. Not her. She is. He is technically a douche. But I. But is new, so I welcome Chad, who so I didn't call him out, who fills big sho- shoes. Please add him if you can. Oh, okay, never mind. Douche him, but <laughs> gently, as a reminder <laughs> rather than a rebuke. How do we do a gentle douche? I mean, it's it's kind of hard. It's like, all right, well, here comes. Be prepared. Douchebag. Oh, gentle. That's so, Meant it as so gentle. Sweet. Meant it as gentle. Thanks for you, what both you do. Thanks for everything. Thank you very much, Sir Topher of Tarpole. Uh Fabian Meyer in Zurich, Switzerland. We got another Swiss. We got a lot of good Swiss coming in. Uh, $350. He did say, uh, send an email. I have it open on the email. He says he has box. some fun facts about Switzerland in his note. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I have, and rarely do I hear someone say, I've got some fun facts about Switzerland. <laughs> well, especially about Switzerland. <laughs> yes. What, what are the fun facts? I don't know. Do you have uh, the email? Switzerland. Uh, he's got a payment history at the end of the note. Or maybe he's asking for a knighting. You might want to get your pen out. Ah. Anyway, since, uh, no, with this donation of 350 I'll achieve knight status. Okay. Ha. Huh. Good to know. I'm glad I asked. Why do I love the show? I learned how to be woke in media. Great stuff to discuss with my wife. She is also a fan. You play unexpected. Okay, now you're going to have to excuse me because I have the sun again. This only happens once 
one day a year, and so I never make this fix. But the sun is in my eyes. Oh, so do you need I, to, I to, to roll down the shade? my eyes oh. to try to read the note. Okay. Uh, with unexpected information, the show is very entertaining. Part of the my mother, my mother-in-law, who is also an avid listener. We got three Swiss there in the one family. Night name, Sir Fabian the Fabulous. Mm, easy to remember. Round table. Ah. Beaujolais and Gruyere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beaujolais and Gruyere. It's a great combo. And now this jingle request. Now, after I give you the jingle request, I'm going to read the fun facts. Okay. Ants. <laughs> Donald Trump, bing, bing, boom, boom, bong, bong, and karma. Okay. So I think you find Okay, right, I'll, I'll look for that, yeah. There's only there's five of these fun facts. Immigration into Switzerland, the rate is two times higher than in the USA. I find this hard to believe. Biggest group, Europeans who get better jobs than in the EU. Well, I don't, don't find that hard to believe. Hmm. Uh, guns popular with kids. <laughs> the city of Zurich has a holiday and big celebration called Nabis Knabenscheisen, every fall where 4,500 boys and girls in the ages 13 to 17 compete in shooting. The rifle is the official Swiss Army Ordnance rifle. The winner gets a big cash prize and a dinner with the mayor. If you work in Zurich, you'll get half the day off because it's an official holiday. Well, that's a little different than here. The Swiss are, they, they, they respect uh, arms. Uh, insect burgers, this is number three. <laughs> Sold in supermarkets since 2018, <laughs> but sell really badly. The, na <laughs> no the name is, no kidding, is insect burger <laughs> and insect balls. Hmm, I wonder why they don't like it. <laughs> and he's got, a, he's got a photo, which I can put in the newsletter. Uh, and he's got it from the... <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> the coop, he got it from the coop. I pre-binged. Hmm? The coop, which I, I should, now he's now he's shops at the coop. The coop has a uh, has a, a glacial salt, which is uh, I, I'm gonna have. I, unfortunately, my jar of it got thrown away. I'm gonna have well, to look it up. Maybe that... I, I'd love it if you could send me a, a bottle of it. Uh, it's a salt that's half salt and half potassium. Mm. Uh, so it's a bit, it's a mixed, mixed, mixed of salts. Cassius King is number four, a new 1000 francs bill, which would be the equivalent of a th this one to one. So it'd be a thousand dollar bill yep. has been released last week. The new bank notice everywhere in the news. Nobody is talking about a cashless society here. Okay. And Davos, the S in Davos is pronounced a soft S. As in Davos, not Davo. I think we've always said Davo on this we've show. We've always said Davos. Yeah. We never said Davo. <laughs> we've always said, I've always said Davo. You said Davo. No, he says it's not Davo. Oh, it's Davos? It's Davos. Oh, okay. Davos. You gotta, I, think like, I think I've always said Davos. Davos. I know people that have gone there and they always call it Davos. No, then they should know. But no, it's not Davo. Don't say Davo anymore. Bel Biv Davos. And that's uh, the last of the fun facts. Okay. 
Well, Educational, by the way. That's what this show is known for. Hell yeah. And that's why we are happy to play your jingle request for you, even if I have to cut this one off because it's a little bit long. It's the ants. I got ants. I got ants. Uh, I don't know if you would have any Karma. I never heard that one. Ah, uh, it's this the Tetris theme. It's been a while since we've heard, played that one for sure. Uh, Sir Werner flips in three thirty-three thirty-three out of uh, Holland. Thanks for the great show. The best way to spend my commute from Bergenhoek Bergenhoek to Schiphol. 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 He is our No Agenda Wi-Fi night, uh, which still works. I checked it out. Um, the Wi-Fi uh, Schiphol special No Agenda system is still operational. But uh, he is, he's been offered a job at a different airport. I won't say which one. Uh, so sadly, he feels that when uh, two things will happen. One, he won't have his, you know, his three-hour commute. He'll have like seven minutes. So he feels that he won't be able to keep up with the show. I'm thinking, come on, man, you're at the airport. Yeah. What are you really doing? <laughs> what are you really doing? Uh, but also, eventually, the uh, the Schiphol Wi-Fi access may will just expire. But uh, we certainly appreciate everything that's done, yeah. and it's still Some there. New guy will come and say, "What is this? What is this? What is this? No agenda login? <laughs> what is up with that?" Uh, so thank you very much, Sir Werner Flips. He's got to be a Baron by now. Yeah, mm-hmm. let us know, Sir Werner, and thank you Sir, as always, Sir Otaku and Baron of the Northeast Texas and the Red River Valley in Louisville, Texas, three fourteen nineteen, and that is the three fourteen nineteen. Ah, there's your pie one donation. of the variations of the pie donation. Yes. Uh, happy Pie Day to the best podcast in the universe. Going to get a JCD mac and cheese, little girl, yay, and some karma to kick off spring. 73s, K5VZ. Yes, 73s, Kilo 5 Alpha, Charlie, Charlie. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, <laughs> mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. Yay! You've got karma. Dame Gina in Providence Village, Texas, another Texan. Uh, three fourteen sixteen. Another variation on the uh, the pie theme. That's the one that was cited. Even though I got a nasty note from somebody, it's three fifteen. It should be five. It's another six. Please credit Dame Gina. No agenda keeps our family sane. Uh, thank you for all the work analyzing the news so that we don't have to. Happy Pie Day. No jingles, no karma. Happy Pie Day to you, Dame Gina. Thank you. Sir Craig Porter in Portland, Oregon, 31416. Hi, John and Adam. Happy Pie Day. Move to Portland has been a successful thanks to No Agenda Karma. I'm thinking of creating a Portland No Agenda meetup for the Knights, Dames, and Well-Wishers Good. in the Rose City. Good. I'd like to request karma for you guys as you always 
create a great show, and you certainly deserve it. Also, an L. Sharpton jingle could really hit the spot. Thanks, and have a great day. 73s, uh, Craig Porter, K-E-O-U-A-K. Yeah, 73s, uh, Sir Craig, K uh, Kilo 5, Alpha Charlie. Charlie, we should try a, a JS8 call or something soon, because I have a, a clean shot to Portland, so we should definitely try and... Get on the get on the air together. Get on the horn. That's good. <laughs> but resist. Okay. We much. We must, and we will much about that. Be committed. You've got karma. Okay. Um, Sir Kevin McLaughlin, Viscount of Luna in Locust, North Carolina, three one four one five. Which is the one he's he's the complainer. Double shot of F Cancer Karma for my uncle Huey Willett and Eric the manager Arduini of Android App Addicts podcast in Rock Falls, Illinois. Three fourteen one five is the real <laughs> there you go. Pie donation. <laughs> this is the one. It Thank is you truly for your the one. <laughs> keeping my amygdala small, Sir Kevin, Viscount of uh of Luna. Luna. It truly is the one. Pie donation. Everyone else had uh, the wrong numbers, apparently. No, I put that number in as a roundup. I agree with you. There are purists out there. Um, double shot. You've got karma. Overload. Hope it Eric works. Eric Hertha uh, came in with. 250, he'll be associate executive producer from Blue Ridge, Georgia. He sent an email in, which I luckily found. My checks are from the U.S., but I live in the Cayman Islands. This would be a great place for a global, global get-together. Mm. I work in the hotel business. Mm. A couple of comments from show. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, Cayman Islands would be fun to go to. A couple of, we wouldn't get that many people that would do it, though. It's kind of a. It's kind of an acquired taste. It's a, it's a line. There's nothing there but banks. Yeah, right. A couple of comments from shows over the past few months. I was in Paris, Rome, and Florence at the end of November. If the Chinese tourists stop coming, Europe will go bankrupt. <laughs> True. <laughs> a- Especially Paris. Yeah. Same, sto- same store company prices are up 40% off. off in Rome compared to Paris. They've got. There must be great deals going on. You think in Rome or Paris? Paris. I well, think he says Paris. Rome. He says Rome. Mm, I think Paris would be better. Well, we haven't been to Rome for a while, neither one of us. Well, I was it, when I was in Italy recently. Yeah, but Rome is a shopping mecca. Thing. Yes. Well, actually, uh, Florence is well, the shopping mecca. <clears throat> That's all well, there is. Yeah, you got some statues and shit. I'm assuming the prices should be low everywhere, but I don't know. Mm. Uh, it seemed like every second commercial on Italian TV was for Amazon and Black Friday. <laughs> Ro- this Black Friday thing has gone into it's Europe. gone viral. I don't know how Amazon pulled that <laughs> it's one. It's gone off. global, man. Rome was very big on Black Friday. It is. It isn't easy opening a bank account in the Cayman Islands. Coming opening accounts here is a major pain due to all the information that they ask for. Ask for heaven forbid that you try to open a business account. That can take months. I guess that's a tip for anyone out there. Yeah. Thanks for all the shows. Uh, my wife and I really enjoy them. Uh, Eric. Well, thank you very much, Sir Eric Hertha. 
And the next one, let me open change screens. Mike, this is Mike Poplis in Sterling, Massachusetts. And it's P-A-U-P-L-I-S, is that what it's spelled? Yeah, P-A-U-P-L-I-S. You know, let me see if I got a note from him. This I have to do in real time. P- That's okay. $234, Sterling, Massachusetts. Populous. Give me the spelling again. P-A-U-P-L-I-S. Poplis. That's cool. No messages found. Send it to us, Mike, if you got something. Thank you for your support of the show. Yeah. Ditto. Sir David Fugazotto. In again. Gladstone, Missouri. Holy crap. Uh, another one. He's this been donating the last... This is a classic example of your... Uh, uh, what? G-A-Z, of, of the random number. What? Because they had two emails in a row? That's... Three. Oh, okay. Three in a row with that require uh, looking up. Well, Sir David is always... Uh, he's donating frequently so yeah he does a lot what does he say in my donation for show 1111 i asked for some f cancer karma from my beloved uncle leo unfortunately yesterday he passed away so i was so i was that crazy uncle he was that crazy uncle we all have not the one in the attic but the one that is in is the character that attracts everyone to him he was a great father a fantastic basketball coach and a school graduate guidance counselor for generations of kids in this small New York town. The number of people he impacted is immeasurable. For me, he was like a second father figure. I lived with him for a time as a small child, spent summers in their home with my cousins, got my first summer job, had my first surreptitious uh, beers there. And so many other memories that I now treasure that uh, that much more. He will be internal, eternally and intensely missed by all of our extended kooky family. Mm-hmm. Request an extra helping of F- Cancer Karma for all those others fighting their own battles. Thanks and keep up the great work. You've got karma. He's the Baron of Kansas City. Yes, he is. Yeah, Baron <clears throat> of Kansas City. Uh, onward to... Um, Brett Yo. Brett Yo and $211.30 from Cantonsville, Maryland. I'm gladly finally made a payment on my layaway plan for knighthood, and this is my first time at least. Nice. For at least an associate executive producer. I would like my name to be Sir Cherry Crumb Pie. <laughs> Because today is pie day, and cherry crumb is the finest of all pies. (laughs) There's a pronouncement for you. Yeah. Wait till you get your knighting, and then you can do the pronouncements. Right. (laughs) First, I would like to thank Sir uh, Howley for hitting me in the mouth in April 2012 uh, 2012 and enlightened me to the world with no agenda. I would like to call out Ron A. and Clay D. They know who they are as douchebags. Douchebag. One more. Douchebag. Ron is also a man overboard. But man Clay will, overboard! But Clay will let him know. I'm li- I'd am like to request a cherry crumb pie and ice cold milk at the round table and the following jingles. You going to put those on the list? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put, I'm putting that. Yes, I shall. Uh, he wants the Obama A team, two to the head, OMG, and that is amazing. If there's a need for a rescue mission, when the world is threatened, the world needs help, 
It calls on America. And that's the story. Oh, my God, that is amazing. You've got karma. And I should mention that what I pronounce as Cantonsville is Catonsville, mm. Maryland. I don't know how they get to that, but okay, Catonsville, Maryland. And that's our last uh, associate executive producer. I want to thank all these folks for so- supporting this show and, and producing show 1120. Uh, and we can't do it without your help. And we want to thank you profusely for oh, this is good support day, Pi Day. Pi Day, it's always a winner because Pi of a winner. the incredible amount of nerds we have. And I yes. love you all. We have nerds. We've got nerds. That could be a slogan. It could be a bumper sticker. We'll it's work like, on it's it. It's like the Arby's thing. Uh, but these nerds are not just any nerds. They are associate executive and executive producers of episode 1120 of the No Agenda Show. Uh, very important credit and valuable places where they are recognized. Important to us, important to everyone who does the show because you keep us rolling. Thank you very much for your value. And we'll be thanking more people later, $50 and above in our second segment. And please consider supporting the work at the following web address. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. All right, you know what's going on. You are down on all the 2020 candidates propagate. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Order. Shut up, Slade. Shut up, Slade. So, um... Two things, a couple things of order. One, I'm using the new Microsoft Dock, which ah. I which I acquired <clears throat> in order to uh, remove some of the glitchiness. I haven't heard it yet. Of course, this is the first test drive, so I have no idea. Um, well, let's explain what this is. Yes, um, I am using a Surface Pro 6 uh, to run the show, and I need a number of USB 3 ports. It comes with one. I tried a, uh, actually, let me see which one it was. I was using the heaviest powered uh, USB hub I could find that had the highest ratings, an Anker, A-N-K-E-R, that I bought off of the Amazons. Uh, But we still had some glitchiness and was like, well, you plug it in a different order. And I was recommended to get the dock, which I have done. And the dock uh, adds an additional four ports. I was still missing one, so I... I did slap the MIDI controller and uh, and the remote Logitech dongle uh, on a, a little splitter. Uh, but in general, all the heavy stuff, which is the drive, etc., is all running through. And I have an external drive, too. I'm using uh, a one-terabyte external drive. So that's also connected to the USB 3.0, whatever. Uh, but it's working. So, so far, I have not heard any uh, glitches well, per se, but we'll see. Before you continue. <clears throat> yes. Where does this plug into? It plugs into the uh, proprietary Microsoft Microsoft port. It's the same place you plug in the power, <clears throat> but now you plug in this, uh, it's a magnetic plug on on the side of the surface. <laughs> and uh, so. This, wait, wait, wait. You, this This device is a magnetic plug? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I'm very sad. <laughs> I have a big piece of tape saying, careful. <laughs> it wouldn't take much. To, if you hit that, then yeah. Then How many connectors are on it? Well, I can't pull it out right now and look. But it's <laughs> it's probably about, it's like 15 pins maybe. 
Well, it's yeah, yeah. Huh. <clears throat> well, that should do the trick. Yeah. So so far so good. Uh, it's it does that peculiar. They would use a magnetic. It does add like five pounds. That what? The, yeah, yeah. So it had. So it's a brick. Wait, wait, the, the computer only weighs two pounds. It's, it's heavier than the computer. The five pounds is. Oh, you've got to take a picture of this and send it to me, and maybe I'll put it in the newsletter. So it's probably about. I want to see what this thing <clears> looks like. It's probably about three pounds, and there's also an, an, another power thingy. Although I. Is it a straight? Is it a is it a brick or a dongle or what kind of a power? How's the power? Power work? is a brick. Uh, this, so there's a brick and, and I got a brick, brick and a brick. There's I got bricks. I got brick bricks. Yeah, I got two bricks. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But it's working. Who cares? I I gladly offer up my shoulder to humanity because that's where it goes on my shoulder. <clears throat> now, some other important news. Uh, the keeper and I signed and received keys yesterday for our new home. Oh, good for you. It's about <clears throat> yes. time. And I want to thank our producers who have been sending like all kinds of new home stuff. Uh, oh, you've been getting gifts, uh, housewarming, uh, gifts. housewarming gifts, housewarming gifts. Yeah, there's this. Uh, I forget the name of it. <laughs> there's this whole hook system that doesn't use. You don't have to uh, put any holes in the wall. It somehow it sticks to the wall to drywall. Which, oh, sure it does. Yeah, yeah, up to forty pounds in some some cases. It's quite uh-huh. quite interesting. What did we get the other day? Uh, oh, we got like discount. Someone, one of our producers, works at uh, an online like By the way, you're store. Not living in an apartment anymore, you can put holes in the walls. Well, Just now saying. now that it's our home, I'm like, I don't want to put any holes in the walls. I don't, yeah, I don't give you a can put holes in the walls because you can spackle them if you don't like it. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting couple of months. We, we're going to be moving into the home in April. We're going to get married in May. Although I have to say we have decided not to have kids because of climate change. So. <laughs> yes. Good yeah. idea. Cause we don't need any, because the, the, the world they're going to be living in is going to be fraught with hurricanes. If, if we by any chance had a kid call the Guinness book of records. Yeah. Well, there's that issue. It's different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I yes. like it. I like the proclamation. Yes. Um, okay, let's see. What do we have? Um, oh, I got a do lot have, of. Do you have any couches? Well, we have. We're, we're taking our. We have one couch. Yeah. You have a couch. We have. We have a couch. Yeah. Well, look. If I'm not asking for anything, but if anyone wants to send us a refrigerator and a washer dryer, I'm all in. Some nice folding <laughs> chairs at Costco. <laughs> We're getting everything from Costco. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, everything from Costco, and then Tina buys it on a Nordstrom credit card because you get Nord- six times Nordy points or something like that. Ooh, Nordy points. <laughs> Nordy points. Hey, don't don't scoff the Nordy points. It's, we're buying my wedding suit on Nordy points. You're going to have a wedding suit? Yeah, I'm going yeah, to wear a suit. Did you, what did is you get married? A, is it a tux? No. No. Tails? No, no. Just a suit? Hey, why don't you come? Your invite's in the mail. You can see it for yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm waiting. (laughs) All right. Um, Brexit. That's where I'd like to go. Brexit. Do you have any clippage to share with me? A lot of clippage. I got people talking about Brexit. I got I was listening to spending most of my time on LBC. And London Broadcasting Corporation, probably hours worth of LBC stuff Mm -hmm. leading Britain's conversation. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's that's another acronym for him. Yeah, cool. 
Uh, yeah, LBC. And I had uh, probably clipped about five hours of material, but I only ended up with like four clips or two. Okay. But let's play. Uh, let's see if we have anything here that's a, a good. Uh, what do I have? Well, listen. Let's listen well, first, to Nick well, yeah. Ferrari, one of the remainers that's on LBC, talking about immigration, just to, while I look for the clip I want. Percent in February. Uh, then we've got industrial production in Germany announced just literally 15 minutes ago, down 1.2 percent in January, and industrial output down 0.8 percent. Everybody blames the United Kingdom for falling short. This is a global problem, and it's not going away. Thanks for that, David Buick. Your core spreads. Leading Britain's conversation, LBC, with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. What to do with the children? The children of the runaway jihadi brides, or in some cases... Okay, what, yes, what is, what is this? What Stop it. it. You Stop clip it. jihadi brides. Uh, this is a different clip. Here we go. Brexit report, PBS. This is your backgrounder. Ah, that's what I was looking for. The British Parliament has rejected a no-deal Brexit with 16 days left until the deadline for leaving the European Union. The vote came a day after lawmakers had turned down Prime Minister Theresa May's proposed deal for a second time. Afterwards, she addressed the House of Commons with a voice hoarse from strain. The legal default, the legal default <laughs> in UK and EU law remains that the UK will leave the EU without a deal unless... Unless, unless something else is agreed. The onus is now on every one of us in this house to find out what that is. Parliament plans to vote tomorrow on whether to ask the EU for more time. I like scoffing at the politicians like anybody else, but I feel bad, man, especially if you're in the UK Parliament and your voice is gone. Uh, you can try use hard. <laughs> you're screwed. Order! <laughs> Poor lady. So we have what happened was the um, yeah the parliament rejected it. So the parliament rejected because they 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 came with a new deal and and here's kind of the uh, kind of the rundown of that. This is uh, Jeffrey Cox, the Attorney General of the UK uh, under the under her administration, saying that the new deal is the same as the old deal, and that's what caused the problem. Let me make it clear. The legal risk, as I set it out in my letter of the 13th of November, remains unchanged. As a political judgment, the House should now enter into those arrangements. So what we're seeing, if I understand it, is that people voted. They said, this is what we want. And the politicians are not following, even though they're not legally bound to, or are they? No. Okay. No, this was a gentleman's agreement. You're right. in England. Gentleman's agreement is right. as good as a written contract, supposedly. Yeah, just don't just don't drop the soap. Because <laughs> that's what's happening here. And so the politician said, Yeah, great, England, but no, we're not gonna do that. Even though you you voted for it, this isn't we're not gonna do this and because the plan isn't right. Well, the plan was bad. The plan was almost designed not to pass. Even ah, though hmm. I think there's is arguable, but no, the plan. So you was think no this, is, this is this is the strategy? Tie up the UK with the EU forever, Indeed. and that was the real problem. This listen to that same guy, but this time with with uh, Farage discussing some of the aspects of this. Farage on Cox and May. Well, he makes it perfectly clear, and he, he wrote a letter and he signed it off. And the last sentence of that letter couldn't have been clearer. The legal list remains 
risk remains unchanged, that if, through no such demonstrable failure of either party, but simply because of intractable differences, there is no internationally lawful means of exiting the protocol's arrangements. I repeat, there is no internationally lawful means of exiting the arrangements. So there's the Prime Minister telling us an amazing breakthrough. We would be able to leave the backstop unilaterally and today her Attorney General shoots it down in claims. This was Mrs May earlier on today begging MPs to vote for her deal. A lot of focus has been put on legal changes and I'll come on to the fact that there are legally binding changes as a result of the discussion since uh, the House's vote on the 29th of January. Um, but, uh, if I'll just complete this. My, but the right honourable gentleman is absolutely correct. The danger for those of us who want to deliver, to have faith with the British public and deliver on their vote for Brexit is that if this, uh, if this vote is not passed tonight, if this deal is not passed, then Brexit could be lost. So there we are. Hmm. Back my deal or Brexit could be lost. It really is the last throw of the dice from a Prime Minister. I'm sorry she's got a bad throat, uh, but I did notice when she was coughing yesterday, she always seems to cough before she says something that is demonstrably untrue. <laughs> it's her tell. <laughs> she says a tell. So, so what happens now? Well, what's going to happen, from what I can tell, I think I have one more clip we can play that I can tell you what I think is going to happen, and I'm pretty sure it's exactly what's going to happen. Try LBC on Brexit mess miscellaneous clip. We had Chris Wilkins on earlier, former director of strategy at me. number 10. Well, well, you'll know how reliable he is. Exactly. Uh, saying that uh, at number 10, there are plans afoot for a, for a reset. Come April, let's, let's look at the domestic agenda. Well, that's all very well if we've actually left by then, but it looks to me as though that's highly unlikely now and that Article 50 will be extended, probably for some substantial period of time. That means we have to fight the European elections. And uh, I heard you talking to Joey Jones about that. And I mean, that, that will be catastrophic for our politics, I think, because you will have most of the 17.4 million people feeling utterly betrayed. You will get some very odd characters standing in those elections. Um, this new Brexit party, which Nigel Farage is supporting, I suspect that they will wipe the board if, if there are candidates in that election. Hmm. Huh. So what's going to happen, according to these guys, and it seems logical, is they're going to put an extension instead of leaving uh, the EU at the end of the month, this month. Yeah, but, but the, will the EU go with the extension? That's the big question. I think they will. Hmm. If there's promises made under the table to the EU, and the promise will be... A pony. I, a redo, a revote. Oh. Ah, <laughs> yes, perfect. The EU will say, you know what? We'll extend if you promise to do another referendum. Yeah. Because we know that that's how it works in the EU. Yeah, you just wrong keep doing vote. the referendums over and over until wrong, you finally... <laughs> wrong vote. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Well, I, I have a Farage clip, but I don't know if we need to and play I it. I think, by the way, there, I think there also will be a general election, and I think uh, May's, May's got to be out. She's got to be go out. out. And I'm looking at Bojo Mog, that guy. I'm looking at Bojo. Bring him in. It's time I, to get a nut I, job I, in there. <laughs> I think Reece, this Reese Mogg character... Uh, I think he'll be the next prime minister, mm. even though it doesn't sound logical, but I think he will be. He's very, very influential. Well, it's going to be an exciting couple of weeks. Yeah, nothing but fun. Well, the, 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 by the way, we predicted this whole thing from yes, the get. Of course we did. Because we're from the future. Uh, but this is where Pluto TV comes in handy because they've got uh, Sky News.
Sky I love News Pluto great. TV. Yeah. BBC. You know, Viacom bought them, right? Yeah. It was it Viacom. Yeah, I think it was Viacom. It's too bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The cat channel's still up. Still there. Yeah. But, they actually have a secondary cat channel if oh you dig around. There's, I haven't seen any reporting except, you know, well, a, a blurb in the New York Times about the air war on Somalia. Besides this, I think I think this is one of the West Clark Seven. Is that one of the West Clark Seven countries, Somalia? I thought it was Sudan. Oh, Sudan, right? Maybe Somalia was in there. Hmm. Well, yeah. We'll play the clip. I'll look it up. Okay. Let me see West Clark. I need the West Clark Seven. Here we go. Seven countries in five years starting with iraq and then syria lebanon libya somalia sudan and finish somalia there he is so somalia so somalia is necessary and sudan but is this the neocons just go i mean no one's even talking about this Manage to keep it out of the news because it doesn't necessarily. Well, this is Al Shabab. You know, this is Shabab Shabab Shabab. Hold on, we have that. We have that. Hold on, need to play it once in a lifetime chance. Bonus, everybody. Secret Agent Paul. Bonus. Yes, it's Al Shabab who were fighting. Air quotes. All right. I don't know any. I don't know anything other than we're killing a lot oh, of I people. You had a clip. No, no. I, so I said, there's no clip. All I have is a New York Times article. Huh? Uh, well, and, not covering it then. Well, no. But why? Especially to me, it seems important. If this is one of the West Clark Seven, it's a big deal. So maybe we have a producer over there. Maybe someone can tell us. But in the last four months of 2018, the death toll with the airstrike drone strikes, I presume of suspected Shabab fighters uh, is a record high in the past three years. 326 people in 47 attacks that were disclosed. Who knows what else is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I want to, this is dumb. No, the media is letting us down. (sighs) Yeah. Well, hello. No, they're too busy about the 737M. Okay. Let's talk about this then. Mine as well. Okay, I got three. Well, uh, first, clips first from let PBS. me let me preface. No matter what happened, this is the Airbus versus Boeing war. It is in full effect. This is why you saw countries grounding European. The minute the UK grounded it, that was a full on, full frontal attack on Boeing by the countries that have well, a huge interest in Airbus. Beating. Of course, it did, and they love. But remember that. Boeing, uh, Airbus had very, very poor sales in the recent uh, pitch round or whatever the upfront is. Sure. And Lion Air, that, that's the Indonesian craft, that, uh, 737 MAX that crashed, they have already switched their $22 billion Boeing order to Airbus. So this and that, trust me, we've discussed this in the past, any commercial company is not beyond killing a couple hundred people for $22 billion. Yeah, I or more, an absolute or fact. more. Has to be. Your wife, your wife, your life is worthless. You can get people will kill you for five hundred euros in Amsterdam. So you know, you think that that a, an investor or a company won't kill off some people? And I have other theories, but let's hear well, what I you got. I want to hear those theories. Let's play the clip. Uh, your clip, my clip. 
Well, I got three clips. I have a couple. These are all clips. from PBS. They're pretty good. Well, yeah, let's let, in- let me start with the backgrounder. Uh, my personal feeling um, is until we have the black box, we can't make any assumptions. There does appear to be new data that I have not seen, but the president apparently saw and the FAA administrator that said, okay, this looks like a repeat of the Lion Air issue. It's discussed in this. Well, I have have a 40-seconder here. Well, there is uh, evidence uh, collected at the ground at the site of the uh, impact of the crash, and there's also newly enhanced satellite imagery of the Ethiopian Airlines flight track in the sky, as well as an analysis of the aircraft's configuration just after it took off. And that's what really drove this decision to ground the the planes in the U.S. from the FAA's perspective. Here again is uh, FAA Administrator Dan Elwell talking on a, a conference call with reporters. Both new pieces of information were added fidelity, missing pieces that we did not have prior to today, that aligned the track from Ethiopian Airlines track to Lion Air, closer than anything we had up until today. That seems like a reason for grounding to me. Yeah, well, it's a new system, which is discussed in more detail on these clips. So let's play these three. Boeing 737 MAX passenger jetliner is grounded across much of the globe tonight, including the United States. The Federal Aviation Administration took that step for the U.S. today, after dozens of other nations had already done so. It followed Sunday's deadly crash of a 737 MAX in Ethiopia. John Yang begins our coverage. Uh, President Trump made the announcement himself. Boeing is an incredible company. They are working very, very hard right now, and hopefully they'll very quickly come up with the answer. But until they do, the planes are grounded. As the president spoke, more than two dozen of the planes were in flight over the United States. Once they landed, they are on the ground until further notice. As recently as last night, the FAA rejected calls to ground the jet after two fatal crashes in five months. The most recent was Sunday when an Ethiopian Airlines plane plunged to the ground, killing 157 people. Today, acting FAA Administrator Daniel Elwell said the agency reversed course after new data indicated similarities between Sunday's crash and October's crash of a Lion Air 737 MAX in Indonesia that killed 189 people. The evidence found on the ground made it even more likely that the flight path was very close to Lion Air. The FAA had been virtually alone in not grounding the plane. That isolation grew this morning when Canadian Transport Minister Mark Garneau acted. All I can say is that based on the new information that we got this morning, that was enough to cause us to make this decision. Uh, The Americans will do their, their own thing. Today, Boeing said it continues to have full confidence in the plane's safety, but supported the FAA's action. And we need to point out that these companies, both Boeing and Airbus, the amount of uh, economic importance cannot be underplayed. I mean, there's so many companies and countries that are involved in, in this particular sector that this is very, very important. Well, not to mention that the Dow Jones, as we talked about on the DH Unplugged show, is pretty much dependent on Boeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it doesn't help anybody. Now, but- now I, I just want to point out that it is also very positive. There was no good outcome when everyone, everyone, <clears throat> when everyone started shutting down, grounding the planes around the world. No good outcome for Boeing, and certainly not to say, oh, we're going to keep flying. The best outcome could be 
and uh, it's it's at three hundred and you know seventy four bucks now. I mean, it's, it's too big for anyone like us to play in. But when it when and if it turns out that this is something else, this shit's going to skyrocket like crazy. Maybe mm. you don't know. No, I'm, uh, no, of course I seven, don't know. Because you may, it could cost them a lot of money to fix the whatever it, it issues. Could also, it could also crash. I mean, you see that since 2017, Boeing has just, the stock has exploded. Yeah, it was a, was a good investment then. What happened? Why did it explode back in 17? I have no idea. I mean, if you look, yes, yeah, 20, 2017, around, yeah, around November of 2016, then it just goes from under, like, what is it? Hundred and fifty four dollars up to well the peak was f- over four hundred. Yeah, let's play clip two. So hello, Miles. Tell us uh, first of all what is this new information that came out overnight? Well, Judy, it's interesting. It's a direct outgrowth of the loss of MH three seventy five years ago, the triple seven that left uh, from Kuala Lumpur and was was lost and remains lost. Uh, there was a mandate uh, to the airline industry to come up with better tracking capabilities. A company called Arion, in conjunction with Flight Tracker, developed some of this capability and has brought it to market. And this gave the FAA and anybody who could look at this data a much more granular look at what happened to that aircraft after it left, after it departed. And uh, that gave them, as they put it, the fidelity. Uh, presumably that matched up uh, pretty closely to what we saw in October with the Lion Air crash, and that left them with this decision. So you're talking about a satellite image of what, it, what happened to the plane between the time that it took off and it crashed. Yes, a, a more detailed uh, image that gave them much more specificity about what that aircraft was doing in its short flight. Now, the FAA official, Miles, also cited evidence on the ground. Do we know what that's a reference to? Uh, I, I, they, they were not specific on it. Maybe there was something in the wreckage uh, which might have uh, caused them to, to pause uh, the nature of the crash, the fact that it apparently came in almost exactly uh, perpendicular to ground, nose, uh, you know, going fast and nose down. Which this is very interesting to me. The crash site. I mean, it looks like U.S. Flight 93, which I'm pretty sure was blown out of the sky. I mean, there's, there's, it's nothing. There's just, it, it's obliterated. Little pieces of hull here and there. You know, pick, I mean, we're only seeing what we're being shown. Um, but if this was a pitch-up angle of attack issue, it not necessarily would the plane come down nose first. That's just I know, me. I find that peculiar That's, too. I, I'm, I'd like to know what this stuff on the ground is about because it takes a little while to figure out, you know, wreckage. But okay, it's PBS. We've got to trust them. Well, let's go with the third thing, which is, brings up an issue, which is the one that always gets to me. And yet, no. you want you want to play it? Yeah. That there was no grounding at that time. You know, it occurs to me that if a piece of hardware, a wing or an engine had fallen off, they would have grounded it immediately. But the software was broken and they said, well, we'll fix it by April. So perhaps uh, it became uh, clear to them that they weren't recognizing the seriousness of this software problem. And there was also a question tied into that about whether the the U.S. government shutdown, which lasted over a month, might Uh, have in some way contributed to the delay uh, in the software (laughs) fix. The FAA was denying that today, though. 
They do deny that. It's hard to know, again, what what was going on inside the FAA at that time. But the fact that they identified a fleet-wide problem, albeit software, a problem that caused the deaths of, of people, and the FAA said, well, let the planes fly, we'll fix them in April, uh, is something that I think ultimately became difficult for the FAA and for Boeing to explain. No, well, okay. This is here's a couple of people who have no idea about how the aviation industry works, but I like it. I read this too. Um, oh, it's clear to the shutdown. The the FAA didn't have time to oh, tell everybody to update. An, just bring Trump into it. This is what Judy just did. Yeah, because she knows that the FAA already says so no. It's got nothing to do with it. Yeah. And he had to tell her again. She knew that before she asked that question. She had to, she had to get her own little conspiracy theories out there, which are good. I like it. It's it's not at all how these things work. Um, I there could there are other possibilities here. First, there is a thing called the Boeing uninterruptible autopilot, which has been installed on certain types of aircraft. Now we're talking a large number of seven thirty sevens that these maxes that were on order, like you know, like between five and ten thousand. Huge. This is the the big money maker for them. Um. This uh, And if you want to look up the Boeing uninterruptible power supply and how that ties into the elites, look up the patent for QRS-11. Uh, you said uninterrupted piloting system. You said power supply. Oh, what is I'm sorry. Autopilot. Uninterruptible autopilot. Boeing uninterruptible autopilot. And this allows the aircraft to be piloted from the ground, uh, uninterruptible by anyone on board. And this was uh, installed on aircraft. I don't know which ones. Um, after 9-11. It was the whole idea. Now, of course, you can reverse that and you can use it to do other things. But let's just talk one more time about where some Boeing 737s actually come from. China. Boeing has launched its foray into China, handing over the first 737 MAX from its Zhoushan plant southeast of Shanghai. The Air China-bound jet was finished at the factory, although in reality, it bears a Made in America label, having been flown over from Seattle. Roughly one in four planes that Boeing builds is heading for China, whose airlines are the world's leading buyers of the 737. So China, who also makes a knockoff 737, uh, they're finishing up a lot of the work. All of the Boeing aircraft are outsourced, and there's all. I think there's huge supply chain issues. And I go uh, back. This this was proven true with the seven eight seven. And I go back to my original statement that a country who has problems with us anyway, and this does lead back to it being Trump's fault. Luckily, so people can use it on MSNBC. Is uh, you know what? Let's kill some fuckers and let's uh, you know, let's show these people what we're made of. I, I do not put it past them. But if you really want to go out there, no one's talking about the people. These people were from Africa. So if we want to know what Africa thinks of it, we need to go to Africa Today with Dr. Mumbi. Hello and welcome to Africa Watch on the Dr. Mumbi Show. This is a special edition. I'm reporting live from London, and it's all about what happened a few days ago with the Ethiopian Airlines crash. What happened was that, um, you know, the Ethiopian Airlines uh, plane crashed on Sunday morning. It was only four months old. I know you guys have probably heard all this information before, but it's very important that we understand it. Um, a brand new aircraft doesn't just fall from the sky, and it's a Boeing 737. It's the same one. As 
as the Indonesian flight um, that crashed in October of 2018. 149 passengers were said to be on board, eight crew. When the first when it first happened initially, they said that 32, um, 33 nations were involved and that the accident had happened at 11.33. You know, all these code, 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 code. And then later... They said, <laughs> I had no idea that they were all into 33 codes in Africa as well. This is, this is, this is an eye-opener. 11.33. 11.33, yeah. Five nations and, um, and then they found the crash site. But, you know, a lot of people have been questioning the entire scenario and asking themselves, what really happened? A plane doesn't just fall from the sky. And there's so many strange things. Uh, on the 8th of March, the United States released a statement and they actually on their Facebook page and they released a security alert and they were talking about how um, there's a particular, you can see the, the alert right there, there's a particular community that was supposed to write, I think it's the Omoria uh, community, they were supposed to have um, demonstrations in the capital city. So they were warning their citizens about the demonstrations in the capital city, but they also had happened to mention that no American citizen should fly in or out of Bole Airport on Sunday, 10th of March. And so a lot of people are asking, did they know that this was coming? Because it's it's very strange how, you know, the U.S. State Department is almost like the angel of death. You know, they'll come <laughs> and they'll say, uh, they'll warn their citizens, and then the next thing we know, there'll be an attack. I like this a lot, and I went back and I looked at the State Department security alerts, and sure enough, U.S. Embassy personnel are advised to avoid Mescal Square and limit movement around Addis Ababa. On Sunday, March 10th, U.S. government travelers have been advised not to arrive or depart Bole International Airport. On Sunday, March 10th, the U.S. Embassy personnel are also temporarily prohibited from traveling to Oromia. Just an African perspective. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And for you know, Trump uh, tweeted some interesting things, um, which I'm in partial agreement. It's like you know, hey, do you want all this computer stuff flying you around? Do you want some trained pilots flying you around? And you know, this I'm okay with augmented, but you know, that's not the plan. The next gen is to you know, of course, everyone wants. Oh, get the pilots out. They're the stupid ones. Yeah, sure. It's just like the Tesla. Who needs drivers? You know, the Tesla crashes fine on its own. Um, but for Trump to, he was really slamming Boeing and even talking about how, how he thinks the 737 is a piece of shit. Now, he actually would know a little bit about it. And to be honest, yeah, the 737, the, the MAX is not the same aircraft. It is It is markedly different in its wing performance and its engine location so it is a little bit different which is what the computer code is supposed or supposed to uh, compensate Six. for or compensate um now i we don't know exactly what the updates are but I, honestly in my mind boeing airbus china you know i think that there's some trickery at play because ultimately it's just brown people it gives a shit you know like that's and you know whenever a plane crashes it's not always that they give you all the nationalities right off the bat. This this report immediately, this many from this country, this many from this country, as if that was somehow meant to show some importance. I don't know. It's, it's not typical. It's like this many people died, most of them Africans. And then later when we might get a manifest. But it came right away, the manifest. 
Who's well, okay. Let's look at it from a, some sort of a quasi-conspiratorial hello perspective. Mm -hmm. What was the point of it? To uh, severely impact Boeing, their operations, well, and their why, sales. Why would our State Department be part of this? Treason? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I didn't want to make that jump. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, th th that's just an interesting point. The State Department thing is annoying, specifically talking about flying in or out of that airport. So maybe they knew the Chinese were up to something. Maybe it's Al-Shabaab again. I don't know. But th having that... Well, they may have been tipped off by a different intelligence service from another country that knew about this. That yeah, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's and so possible. so they put this thing out, and it, got, it may have gone like this, knowing bureaucrats. What? You think? Uh, well, I don't know, but it, we'll put an alert out just in case. Just <laughs> cover our ass. <laughs> yeah. That's well, a possibility. Yeah. Um, but it, w it would be perfectly... I mean, what a great way to do it, by replicating a previous crash that was based on some uh, design issue. Let's yeah, call it that. that. Would be, and they're, yeah, perfect that these, way. Perfect way to do it. The same systems yeah. that you could show that it was a replication. It's also possible the State Department was set up. It could also be, yeah. To put that thing Put that in to, there, yeah. yeah. To add suspicion. But I think... Something's bottom, up. Bottom line, I think I know what they'll say. It's a glitch. They better not say it's a glitch. <laughs> okay, we'll see. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. And we do have some people to thank for show 1120, starting with Sir Ever of the What. Uh... Sir Ever of the what? One, two, three, four, five. Sir Morgan, defender of the Hershey Highway. One, oh, five. <laughs> what? Defender oh, of the yeah, Hershey so. Highway? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and not anonymous. One, oh, one. What did you do today at work, Dad? I don't know. I, I talked about the defender of the Hershey Highway. Yeah. Anonymous, one, oh, one. Baron Rob of the High Point in High Point, North Carolina. One, hundred. 73's NC4RG. Uh, Sir Jordi Ramirez in Cancun, Mexico. This is a donation birthday gift for his two human resources who are big fans of the show, especially the Jingles. And they yeah, turn yeah, 13 on March 14th. And they're on the birthday list. Yes, you got it. Uh, and that is uh, 100. Baron Roger Colburn. Um, you know, I saw a Colburn on the list on the admission scam list, and I was wondering where I'd seen that name before. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it's Colburn. our Baron, but maybe related. Who knows? Uh, he's got some note here. I'm looking at him. I think it's interesting. He, well, no, Sir, this, this is maybe worth mentioning. Well, mention it. Yeah. He says, <clears throat> I write to you today with a warning to pass on to others. I think this is good advice. No agenda should not be mentioned within the first two dates, perhaps more. <laughs> Sunday, I had a second date. I decided to cook for her at home. Daring. I like it. 
for some unexplained reason, I decided to mention recent no agenda topics. My sure thing super hot date quickly excused herself. <laughs> ah, Sir Roger, I'll give you some relationship karma later on. <laughs> Sorry about that, but it's a good tip. Uh, I, there's ways of figuring out, you know, it's, it's political. If I, I'd start the day, I'd say, you know, it's a shame Hillary lost. Yeah, that's see a, what happens. That's, <laughs> she pulls a gun on you. She's no agenda material. Yeah, there you go. And then you can back off and say, hey, 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 Tex in Richmond, Virginia, 8008, and Joseph Dante in nice. Smyrna, Georgia is 8008. He's got a little call out, it looks like. He says he's been a douchebag for almost two years since his douchebag friend Chuck S. hit him in the mouth, so please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. And he says, call out Chuck S. Douchebag. All right. Also, douchebags. It's his birthday on Pi Day, and he needs some house buying karma if possible. I'm going to make sure you're on the list, Joseph Dante. Keep going, John. I'll I'll check. Alexander Schulzberger, Schulzberger, eight oh oh eight. Art Stanton, a six 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 six, six 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 six, and Sir Gabriel Shabazian in San Francisco, six 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 six, along with Melissa. Shastain in Graham, Washington. It was 666. I haven't heard of 666. It's been a while. Whatever. Yeah, it's been a while. And now we got three. <clears throat> Boom. Taylor Nitch in Mount Vernon, Washington. He has a, he sent a handwritten note in, mm-hmm. uh, but it was on black paper uh, in a black, black envelope and all calligraphy. Oh, pretty. It's very interesting. And he wrote this note and he, he put in the bottom some little, it's just John and Adam, your show has kept me company for three years. Thank you for all you do. It's all very pretty in silver ink on black paper. It's And in the corner, he's got a little note. It will be a small miracle if the USPS can deliver this. And they did. Nice. So just to let you know that it got through. Glenn Spangler, 6283. Uh David Ritchie, 60. Christopher Dechter, 5678. Sir Kevin of the Black Knot, 5510. Mark Tynauer, 55. Sir Crum- Circumspect, Circumspect, 5454. Jonathan Evans, 5232. Peter Spikes. Sir, Circumspect needs a job's karma, so I'll give that to him in a minute. You, you'll get one there, Circumspects. Then we have uh, Peter Spikes in Wassenaar. Yeah, Peter. Peter Spikes in Wassenaar. Spikes in Wassenaar. Let's see what he says here. Uh, he, has a, uh, he, of course, was drawn in by uh, Bert and Roderick from the TPO podcast. Uh, he says as his son's birthday turns five today, hence the five and 314. Keep up the good work. Send my five uh, human resource karma. Got it. Thank you. He's on the list. Thank you very much. Sure. Andrew Gardner's also on the list. Yeah. Of 5314. Uh, Matthew Alpert, 5150. Jonathan Ferris in Liberal, Kansas, 50. And the following people will all be $50 donors, uh, whether they like it or not. And name and location, if the location's available on this list. Keith Yarborough, Austin, Texas. 
Craig Pollard, 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 Pollard in Madison, Alabama. Uh, John Haller in Missoula, Montana. Robert Bruckner. John Flores. Flores wants a dedouche. You've been dedouched. Welcome. Welcome, citizen. Kevin Silverman in Severn, Maryland. Uh, Pete Snakes. Sir Pate. In Amsterdam, 50. Howard Gutnecht, and I believe he's in Seattle. Uh, and I think he's a Sir Howard. I think so, too. Yeah. Robert uh, Careback. It's a Q-U-E-R. There's a way of pronouncing that name. I'm not sure I'm getting it right. But Careback, I think. In Essexville, Michigan. Uh, Dame Patricia Worthington, who's constantly showing up on this list. Thank you, Dame Patricia. 50. Brandon Savoie in Port Orchard, Washington. Robert Weber in Lake Forest, California. Kimberly Redman in Toronto, Ontario. Jason Clegg in San Diego, California. Mark Johnson in Aurora, California. Frank Molinari over in Boulevard, Texas. Stephen or Stephen Kirkpatrick in Langley, Washington. And last but not least, Kyle, Sir Kyle Meyer in Atlanta, Georgia. I want to thank all these folks for helping us produce and indeed producing show 1120. Uh, Pi Day show, our special Pi Day show with a lot of a lot of don- donations, and hopefully they can keep it up for the next show coming up this Sunday. Yeah, happy Pi Day, everybody, and thank you to these producers who supported us. Also, those who came in under $50, we had some 3140s, uh, I think even maybe a 3.14 here or there, and we appreciate that as well. Of course, we don't mention those for brevity, but also for reasons of anonymity, and those uh, <clears throat> those subscriptions are very important to us, and thank you. Uh, the value for value model r- marches on. And please remember us for our next show on Sunday. You can do that at Dvorak.org slash N-A. Jobs Karma, as requested. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. And might as well do some human resource goat karma. You've got <laughs> karma. <laughs> It is uh, Pi Day, the 14th of March, 2019. We say happy birthday from Sir Jordi Ramirez to his two human resources. Both turn 13 today. Melissa Chastain says happy birthday to her smoking hot boyfriend, Mark. He celebrates on the 20th. Peter uh, Sipkus, not Spike, Sipkus, says happy birthday to his son. He turns five today. And Sir Andrew Gardner congratulates Sir Elliot Gardner and turns the magic number on Pi Day. And finally, Joseph Dante celebrates his birthday today. Happy birthday from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. I figured I'd mix it up a little bit, do the titles before the nightings. We have uh, Sir Dreb Scott of the ELB Express. He'll become a Baron. Congratulations to you, sir. And Sir Fenwick, Viscount, becomes Sir Fenwick, Black Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable and Magistrate of Emeryville. And once again, he becomes a Viscount. Thank you very much for your support of the best podcast in the universe. Then we have one to, what do you have, three, three nightings to do. So, ow, oh, I meant to hit the sword first. Ah, there we go. That's the sword. Do you have yours? Yeah, I had it. Oh, we'll pick it up again. Okay, here it comes. Here you go. Look at this there, sir. The theater of the mind, people. I'm holding it in the air. <laughs> Brett Yo, Greg 
Stoddard and Fabian Meyer. Gentlemen, step on up here. We have uh, some knightings to do. You are about to enter and join the roundtable, the No One Gender Knights and Dames, after I pronounce the KD with the following titles. Proud to do it. Sir Cherry Crumb Pie. Uh, Greg, uh, Sir Greg, Knight of the Spectrum. And Sir Fabian, the fabulous gentleman for you. We have Hookers and Blow, Red Boys and Chardonnay, Beaujolais and Gruyere, Cherry Crumb Pie and Ice Cold Milk, Cookies and Vodka, Bourbon and Bong Rips, Vodka and Vanilla, Rubenesque Women and Rosé. I love them so much. Sparkling Cider and Escorts, Breast Milk and Pablum, Ginger Ale and Gerbils, and always Mutton and Mead. You can find your, uh, all of your, uh, your goodies, your gift bag at noagendanation.com slash rings. Eric the Shield will gladly help you out and make sure that you get uh, the appropriate size sent off to you. And thank you for supporting the work, the show, and your incredible value, which uh, is highly appreciated. A reminder, we have one to three meetups on the horizon. You can find these at noagendameetups.com. This is where you can meet people uh, who think the same. They will be nothing like you, but they will have the same tendency to be interested in the universe and not and logical yes and not adversarial and not and all creepy. triggered yeah, they won't be creepy they won't be weird you'll find dudes named ben dudettes named bernadette doctors dentists uh, pilots teachers librarians bums swamp people it's all yeah. there and March 17th is the meetup in Sydney Australia again details at noagendameetups.com March 23rd Frankfurt Germany god I'd like to go to that it's just Inconvenient, right? Great. April 20th, Atlanta. So Hot Atlanta. April 20th in Atlanta. So three meetups on the horizon. Uh, you can uh, sign up for those. Shoot, man. April 20th. That's 420 in Atlanta. Can you imagine that meetup? Bada bing. We're moving, I think, around that date. So I won't be able to make Atlanta. It's too bad because it's a direct connection from Austin. If you can start moving now, you know. Yeah, to wait to you know, this day. is also this is also Tina's busiest time of the year with the Starlight Affair and the Bandana Ball coming up for the for the oh, house. Oh, oh, that's their big event. That's where we that's where we met four oh. years ago. Oh, there you go. Now you have it. And we never had a fight. <laughs> All right. Well, I do have some little humor to break things up. Oh, finally. There was a there was a there was a hearing. Uh, Wells Fargo had his guy. You know, the Wells <laughs> Let me Fargo guess. CEO. It's an AOC clip. <laughs> <laughs> and so here we have just part of her idiot. And here she has to the, the Wells Fargo. I, I'm gonna recommend this to anybody who ever has to do a testimony. She's asking questions. Ask her a question that forces her to go off script and we get to hear gems like this. So let's focus on the Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, should Wells Fargo be held responsible for the damages incurred by climate change due to the financing of fossil fuels and, and these projects? I, I don't know how you'd calculate that, Congresswoman. Uh, say from spills or when we have to reinvest in infrastructure, building seawalls from the uh, erosion of um, from the erosion of infrastructure or cleanups, wildfires, etc. Related to that pipeline, I'm not aware that there's been any of what you described that's mm-hmm. occurred. Related How about to that um, the cleanups from the leaks of the Dakota Access Pipeline? I'm, I'm not aware of the de- leaks associated with the Dakota Access Pipeline uh, that you're describing. So, hypothetically, if there was a leak, 
from mm -hmm. the Dakota Access Pipeline. Mm -hmm. uh, why shouldn't Wells Fargo pay for the cleanup of it, if since it paid for the construction of the pipeline itself? Because we don't operate the pipeline. We provide <laughs> financing to the company that's operating the pipeline. Our responsibility is to ensure that at the time that we make that loan, that that, that customer, and we have a group of people in Wells Fargo, including an environmental oversight group headed by one of my colleagues who used to be at the EPA. Uh, so one question. That why did Wells Fargo finance this pipeline when it was widely seen to be environmentally unstable? Uh, again, the reason that we were one of the 17 or 19 banks that financed that is because our team reviewed the environmental impact and we concluded that it was, it was a risk that we were willing to take. I'm, I'm, it's so... Mm, you know what's it's, great? It's humor. Well, it's humorous to me that after all the bitching and moaning when I started playing AOC clips, now you're the one bringing them. I'm bringing them, baby. You are bringing. You are bringing it. Now, here's what I, I here's what I'm starting to appreciate about her. She doesn't know how dumb she is. Oh, she has bort for the cop. And so she what? Bort for the cop. We've talked about this. Bort for the cop. It's like yeah, it's like it's a Dutch saying. It's like you have a big wooden plank in front of your head. And you just plow through life like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's her. <laughs> because if she just stick to the script, which I'm sure they're going to lecture her about and when they, she gets back to the office, oh, yeah, it would be back. fine. You know, she go from question to question. Cent center to... has called her. <laughs> it's not as though some you – know, but she thinks she can – she just doesn't know what she's talking about. I do have a, 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 a an ISO of this part of this little thing about the about building the 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 – the retaining walls for the floods of oil. I don't even know what she was talking about. <laughs> this is your ISO? Yeah. Building sea walls from the uh, erosion of um, from the erosion of infrastructure or cleanups, wildfires, etc. Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I want to hear that again. Let me see what she said. Building sea walls from the uh, erosion of from the erosion of infrastructure or cleanups, wildfires, etc. <laughs> you know, she, she was at South by, South by Southwest, which is on right now as we speak. It's hipster heaven. Yeah. And I started watching it because I didn't get the clip until this morning. And I will have something uh, for you on Sunday. Because A topper. It, it is, oh, yeah. It's an hour. It's an hour of her talking like that, kind of. Just, you know, like automating inequality i mean these types of great phrases so there's there's stuff to be, i mean she's doing what a lot of people are very good at and i think she's pretty good fake it till you make it and she's she can just she's, she can just turn it on and you know she's got some things that her team has put into her head and some of the that comes out in a, in a good way and then she you know she ad libs a lot and but the, the but the bottom line the people eat it up they love it. They're idiots. Well, okay, maybe, but people. It, she's look at look at the frame. Look at the brain. It's it, it it's a it's. I I see why she's appealing to people, especially if you're you know if you're talking to this younger generation and reinforcing the fear of the earth killing you. And uh, oh, by the way, the one thing I can't stand from her is how she says and 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 I, I, I and. Oh. Do you have any more AOC clips? We'll find her saying. No, I uh, just have. That's the only one I oh, got. Okay. All right.
But I do have some other probably good crazy clips. Wait, let me bring the real humor. I think you talked about this. I can't remember, uh, but it's popped up on the radar again. This, uh, well, here it is. Goat theft is becoming a growing crime in the Central Valley. Most of the thefts happening in Easton and going. The criminal investigation ratcheted up after Christy PK reported eleven goats stolen last Thursday. She then contacted the media to bring attention to the thefts. Originally, it wasn't a high priority until I think the news outlets started asking them questions like, "What are you doing to help all these families find their animals?" All told, more than 60 goats have vanished from farms in the county in the last two months. Police estimate the total value of those animals at $27,000. And now they're taking this crime wave seriously. The beginning of this week, we really threw a lot of resources at this. That is Fresno County Sheriff's Department spokesman Tony Boddy. Numerous detectives on that team are treating this as a top priority right now. They've scoured the area for surveillance video, which has been few and far between. We just have really come up dry on leads. Spokesman. Hey, Pete, uh, bring up that ring doorbell uh, camera over there. Let's see. Can you see any goats? Bonnie <laughs> says he can't recall such a widespread goat-related crime wave as this one. What it tells us is that there's a market for goats right now. Um, <laughs> what's being taken are the yes. females. Uh, some of these females are even pregnant, so they're getting a two-for-one when they steal these goats. And uh, what we know is that uh, females are sought after for both milk and meat purposes. I don't care what you say, but it is undeniable the No Agenda show is ahead of the crowd. We have known about the market for goats for a long time. Goat power has been in our entire lexicon for quite some time. One of our producers sent me a pin. I don't have his note. A goat pin that said goat something. So it apparently comes from a Satanist operation. Well, here's what. So my first thought, and this is Fresno. I don't know anything about Fresno. My first thought was, is it Ramadan? So no, because that doesn't happen until it's it's not always consistent, but around April. So okay, maybe maybe there's some people getting because I remember remember Tony the uh, Tony the 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 driver. In San Francisco, who had a goat in the back of his car? I he do was, not remember this. He was a, but this is before Uber, and he had a cab. Yeah, and he would tell me stuff, and he would talk. Yeah, we talked about you it. You had he, to sit back there with the goat. No, it was in the trunk. It was in the trunk. He and had a goat in the trunk. Yes, he had a dead goat in the trunk. Oh, a dead goat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the goat. No, it was it was it was taking it off to his uh, cousin to <laughs> have it prepared. But as I'm looking around for Fresno and Ramadan, did you know this about? 15,000 Syrian refugees who've been placed in Fresno? No, I did not know that. Yes. That's and, a lot of people. And they had, some have been uh, have been made aware of the fact that you are no, in fact, not allowed to roast a goat in your backyard. That is apparently a violation of some environmental and health uh, rules in Fresno. But that doesn't come up in the report. And it's the first thing I thought of. Like, well, who wants goats except for goat yoga? It's their culture. They love goats. They were delicious. Yeah. Well, uh, it it depends on how it's prepared. You never had a goat. Yes, I have. We've been through this, and I've I've had good goat, and I've had bad goat. But anyway, I I think it's uh, 
I think it's maybe in preparation. The Syrians in Fresno. I, I'm looking at the Syrians. The 15,000 Syrians in Fresno would make some sense. Have been stealing goats and eating them by barbecuing them in the backyard. Problems? Because why else would you have a, a, a some sort of a law against them? Mystery solved. Yeah, I think you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Only on no agenda do we come That's up right. with this sort of thing. People need to know these things, but I don't know if you want to bring it up on a date. I now again my recommendation is I think it was a crying shame that Hillary lost, don't you? Crying and shame. See what you get. Crying shame, I'll tell you. Crying shame. So um you know that no agenda social. No yeah. no agenda social.com. It's our instance of Mastodon. Uh you can get invited. Uh anyone in the troll room should have an invite. Anyone who has an account can create an invite. It's just not completely open. So we just wander in. We get an invite. Uh and that has often been abbreviated as NAS. It's what people hey, well, over at and you know, it's a talk about in the in the troll room if someone's you know, whenever they refer to no agenda so attacks as attached storage, which is what it is. Well I think that there may have been some people may be aware of this, but it was brought to my attention. The 1990 film, 1995 film Johnny Mnemonic with Keanu Reeves. No. You know, the Keanu Reeves movies. Worst movie ever. No, I don't think it's the worst movie ever. I know, I just wanted to say that. And I don't think it's that. I actually, I watched the whole movie again. Okay. I watched it just the other day because it was brought to my attention that there is a disease. You know, the premise of the movie is people are ill. Half the world is sick. Uh, from this nerve atten- attenuation syndrome, NAS, nerve attenuation syndrome. And uh, you know, Keanu has a, a different role in this, but he winds up helping release the cure, which is, of course, computer code, mnemonic computer code, and saves the world. So you don't have to watch the movie anymore. But interesting, this is 1995. This is uh, this is when the internet was just, you know, I, we were putting Reebok online for the first time in 1995. You know, An- Anheuser-Busch, com, f- f- around that time, 95, 96. So the internet was still dial-up, you know, maybe ISDN was just about to come into play. But this is way before its time. William Gibson uh, story. And here is, uh, there's a couple of good actors in this besides, is it Ice-T or Ice-Cube? ice one of them. Somebody yeah. one of those ice, one of those ice in the ice family. <laughs> in the ice family. Uh, and Henry Rollins is the doctor who um, can at least treat, if not cure, the nerve attenuation syndrome. And he's going to explain what it is. Look, I got to run. Shut up. Give me that muscle relaxant over there, the red one. NAS, right? Yeah, the black shape. Like half the people on the planet. Let me tell you something so you get this straight. It's not my work that got her this way. My work is clean. Besides, you don't get this shit from amp jobs. That's just a myth. So what does cause it? What causes it? The world causes it. This causes it. This causes it. This causes it. Information overload. All the electronics around you poisoning the airwaves. Technological fucking civilization. But we still have all this shit because we can't live without it. Let me do my work. <laughs> and I heard that. I'm like, what acting? <laughs> well, besides fabulous acting, I thought that's exactly where we are now. We have information overload. The airwaves are polluted with signals. 
just all kinds of EMF pollution. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, you know, with the over-socialization of the networks, it, you know, they, so what people have with NAS is they get the shakes, it's called the black shakes. And, you know, then, of course, you know, all the other things that we see happening with people today. And right after I saw this movie, I watched it on my computer through Amazon. I got the following ad. I knew about the tremors. But when I started seeing things, I didn't know what was happening. So I kept it in. He started believing things that weren't true. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't say a word. During the course of their disease, around 50% of people with Parkinson's may experience hallucinations or delusions. This is new to me. And, and, and Parkinson's is a horrible, horrible disease. And it, it ends up bad every single time. But it's new that they're talking about delusions. It's funny you say that because uh, I know one, two, three, probably four people with Parkinson's and maybe five. And I've never heard this from them or and I've never heard this until very recently. The, the only research I was able to find in short amount of time was that the delusions come from medication that is treating Parkinson's. But when I hear this ad, it's like. You know, it's, it's like, oh, this might be the perfect medication to give someone who has delusions, Mr. Curry. You have, I have the shakes. You've got delusions. You, you, your vivid imagination. I don't know. Just listen to the whole thing. I knew about the tremors, but when I started seeing things, I didn't know what was happening, so I kept it in. He started believing things that weren't true. I knew something was wrong. But I didn't say a word. During the course of their disease, around 50% of people with Parkinson's may experience hallucinations or delusions. But now, doctors are prescribing Nuplazid, the only FDA-approved medicine proven to significantly reduce hallucinations and delusions related to Parkinson's. Don't take Nuplazid if you are allergic to its ingredients. Nuplazid can increase the risk of death in elderly people with dementia-related psychosis and is not for treating symptoms unrelated to Parkinson's disease. Nuplazid can cause changes in heart rhythm and should not be taken if you have certain abnormal heart rhythms or take other drugs that are known to cause changes in heart rhythm. Tell your doctor about any changes in medicines you're taking. The most common side effects are swelling of the arms and legs and confusion. We spoke <laughs> up and it made all the difference. Ask your Parkinson's specialist about Nuplazid. Hey, not, do never treat, how often do you hear someone say it's not meant to treat anything else? In fact, that's the number one use of most medications, off-label off use of it. I just found it coincidental that I got this right after I read yeah, about well, this let's, thing. Let's look into this stuff for a second and look into why do you think you got this? Because it can't be just because you watched that movie. Have you been buying weird books or mm. did you buy some same product over and over again because they <laughs> maybe think you have the shakes and you can't hit the button once. You have to have <laughs> you hit it 10 times. I don't know. Uh, but what do you think it caused you to get this this ad? How about you don't have Parkinson's? How about this very show where I talk about delusional things that some that, people may that, see as delusional? Doesn't track the show. You don't know what Amazon does or doesn't track. Well, you do use AWS for a lot of your mm -hmm. things. Show notes. I don't think Amazon delves into that. To be honest about it, I, I mean it's yeah, it's funny. It's a funny idea, but. They don't have time for that kind of crap. Anyway, I'd love to know from uh, if we have, I'm sure someone out there has uh, a family member with Parkinson's. 
And delusion, if you look at the definition, that, that really means you're, you're conspiratorially paranoid. They're out to get me. You know, that delusional is not just something, not an illusion, it's delusion. Anyway, no idea. anyway, just to wrap up uh, the Johnny Mnemonic, as I'm watching it, check out, again, 1995, check this out. He's, he's uh, compiling a whole bunch of computer parts. The year is 2021 when this supposedly takes place. <laughs> yeah, which is even better. We do it right around that time. And he's pulling together computer parts. I need a Sinologic 16. Sogo 7 data gloves. A GPL stealth module. One Burdine intelligent translator. And Thompson iPhones. <laughs> a Thompson iPhone. Hello! The iPhone didn't come out until 2005? 2007, to be yeah, exact. 2007. Uh, hmm. It's not like there could be a... Uh, Public domain issue here with the name. Well, there was a lawsuit between, I think it might have been Samsung bought, there was a company uh, that had a, a video phone, they called the iPhone. Yeah, I really remember this. Yeah, I think Sam, and the, the, they settled that in two, probably around the 2000. Thompson iPhone. But I've never heard of the Thompson iPhone. Well, that's what he was looking for right there. But just he said an iPhone. He said Thompson, Thompson iPhone. Was there a Thompson iPhone? No, no, there's no none of that crap he mentioned. Yeah. There was ever any of that. Yeah. But anyways, just somebody's. Well, that's. Uh, yeah, it was know. just a fun little throwaway thing. I think it would be. Uh, who's the writer again? Um, Gibson. Gibson. I think Steve Jobs would be a Gibson reader. Totally. And may oh. have stolen it from Gibson. All right, I have one clip I need to play. All right. This is. It's just because I don't even know what to make of it. I, there's a full interview that, I'm, that I will have maybe more clips from for Sunday. This is Kara Swisher. Swisher. On Decode, Recode, Hocode. And she has on the president of YouTube, so Susan Wojcicki, I believe her name is, and she, or the CEO of YouTube. And Kara Swisher just pulls out this whole anti uh Ben Shapiro rant that I wanted, I needed to share it. My son, who's uh, 13 years old, um, started watching Ben Shapiro videos. And he's like the gateway drug to the next group. And then it goes right to Jordan Peterson. Then it goes down. And in three clicks, he was at neo-Nazi stuff. I mean, just just stop right there. What? She feels that Ben Shapiro is a gateway drug to... Peterson and three clicks and then you're neo-Nazi. That's pretty severe for her to say. That's unconscionable. And by the way, the kids the kid is probably looking at it because you're a horrible mother and he needs some advice from a man who's saying be a man, which is exactly what Jordan Peterson does. Yeah. No, that's why she hates Jordan. That's what I'm thinking. Well, let's continue here. It was like astonishing. And then I had to listen to it at dinner. And I was sort of like, I'm going to kill Susan Majewski first. Okay. And then, well, <laughs> um, here I am. But it was sort of like, I was sort of like, is there anything like, but it, but it is. I'm sort of like, and then I've got like this kid who's like, well, Ben Shapiro is sort of smart. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's not. Not even slightly. He's in, 
he's clever, but he's an idiot. And anyway, it's just like, it's exhausting. But it has like a huge effect on them. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the, the people, like on a bigger thing, and it's not your total responsibility, Susan, but it's, do you feel like the people of Silicon Valley have a sense of this, of the impact they have and are capable of dealing with it? Or will regulatory measures just have to come into place? Uh, by the way, I always think someone who says like 80 times in a sentence is very intelligent. Because it's already starting in Europe. It's starting in California here with privacy bills. What do you, do you all do you feel like you're all able to do that? We are going to make we have already made a huge difference and we will difference? continue. Okay. And yeah. that will have a big impact in how our platforms work. So getting getting to your son. Um, He's lost. Um, no, we can we can we can work on your son here. I have a son too and I get some of these discussions also at the dinner table. I mean, so it's a, um, it, I think what you're describing is, and the, and the way we think about it too, look, there's a set of content that has to meet the community guidelines. Ben Shapiro is going to meet the community guidelines. So I don't think you're suggesting that we remove him from the platform. Are you? I would, but I can't. No, okay. no. Okay. But you, you know what? But no. But now, okay, so 15 more seconds. This is really important because you're hearing right now how the elites talk about other people who have different opinions and how they actually take them down. So it's not about, uh, you know, free speech is one thing, but no, we have a different way of taking them down. I would, but I can't. No, okay. no. Okay. But you, you know what? But no, okay. you know, like last time I saw you, I was like, get Alex Jones off that platform. And you're like, well, the community guidelines. And then you got well, him now off. Now he's not on the platform. I know. So I was right. But that's just, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terms of service, it's actually. terms of service. He broke the terms he of service. He broke our terms of service, yeah. yes. Yeah. There you go. You break the terms of service, the community guidelines. Lines, and we can change those whenever we want. We can interpret them however we want. And 90% of terms of service always say you're agreeing to the fact that we can change yep. the terms of service on the fly whenever, whenever we, we want. feel like it. That's right. And that's how they deplatform you. And I would uh, say Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson are on their way out. This is, I mean, the, the oracle, the oracle that is uh, Schwisher. Predicted Alex Jones and done. <laughs> yes, done. I like Horrible. The way she says Ben Shapiro's an idiot. Just what she said. Yeah, but like, I don't believe Ben Shapiro was sucked in by that meme where the the kid with the mega hat was standing in front of that Indian guy. No, no, ex- I don't think only an idiot would be sucked in by that. Yeah, John. well, Kara Swisher, I believe, is named in the lawsuit that this kid's yes, bringing she because she was all in on that. Exactly. Well, we're going to have to leave it at that because time flew. I, who knew time flew? And we have, uh, let me see, we've got end of show mixers from Lee O. Lapuke, Brian Longenecker, and Tom Starkweather. Three really good ones. Very excited about that. And we will return for another full-blown deconstruction of your global media, which means we need your help, your participation. We need information, especially if you're in Somalia. Any other place we can get it from, we'd love to hear from you. And please continue to support our Value for Value network by going to Dvorak.org. Coming to you from downtown Austin, Texas, capital of the Drone Star State, FEMA region number six on the governmental maps in the 5 by 9 Cludio. While I'm still here in the morning, everybody... I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I'm going to go take some lessons in cricket. 
I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Sunday right here on No Agenda. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Until then, adios, mofos, and such. Even air is racist now. The air that we breathe isn't uh, equal. White privilege extends to breathing air. White people, according to USA Today, get to breathe cleaner air than blacks and Hispanics. This is fascinating. I can't wait to find out more. Blacks and Hispanics disproportionately breathe air that's been polluted by non-Hispanic whites, according to a study. The air that Americans breathe isn't equal. This is an unfortunate turn of events for all of humanity. I'm sure the science behind that is just fail-proof. Right now, the debate about whether or not climate change is racist. Whether, whether or not. <laughs> Sorry, it's too funny. What is it? Do white people fart more? Is that what it is? I breathe white air. I don't know if uh, black and Hispanic people have the option of breathing white air or not. But if you do, you know, you should certainly choose white air because it's clean. I apologize for the racist air that I breathe. I'm crying about it because it's crazy. Speaking as a white male, I'm directly responsible for all the evils in the world. I am the problem. I've made the air itself racist. Who are you? Who are so wise in the ways of science? Shut up already. It's science. In this case, what is alleged is just pure greed and selfishness. Uh, notice similarities between Sunday's Ethiopian crash that happened and the one that happened in Indonesia. Planes that are in the air will be grounded if they're the 737 MAX grounded. President Maduro is blaming the United States without proof accusing U.S. hackers of sabotaging their electrical grid, crippling the nation, and leading to chaos. You have grounded. It's curious because the president seems to get along just swimmingly with lots of other brutal dictators around the world. And you do not have the kind of customer satisfaction that you're alluding to. <laughs> I mean, everything leaves a trail nowadays. Well, this is the worst scandal involving elite universities in the history of the United States. Maybe they work hard, but someone else just paid their way to get into university. I, get, I think that's a bit unfair to those who didn't get it. You have grounded. Let's start with your ideology first for people who don't know where you stand. Would you say that you, uh, you're uh, more liberal or less liberal than AOC, Nancy Pelosi? Beto O'Rourke is launching his campaign in Iowa this morning. He becomes the 13th Democrat to officially join the race. Be careful what you wish for. You have grounded. Donald Trump ecstasy pill. Oh, <laughs> it's really crazy. And we're also not going to play any R. Kelly. Guess what the number one ecstasy pill is? Guess, guess what the, guess what the number one ecstasy pill is? I think it's two hundred milligrams of. 200 milligrams of whatever. Excellent. Your head. Your, your head.